Hi there, and welcome to Pick 6 Movies. If this is your first time downloading, welcome and happy you're here. You've made a wise investment in your future. How can Pick 6 Movies help me, you ask? Simple. Every season, at no cost to you, the listener, you will be provided with a set of six movies, all based around a common theme. And each and every one of these episodes is going to start with an informative bit of history on the movie or some fascinating little tidbit of history that will amuse and inform. And that's not all. From there, you'll be whisked into a lengthy discussion of the film with myself, Bo Ransdell, and my best and oldest pal, Chad Cooper. In this discussion, we will break down the movies scene by scene, crack wise, and use some silly voices. That all sounds like great entertainment for my podcast dollar, you say, but how does that help me, the Pick 6 listener? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Armed with all of this knowledge from the introductions and buffeted by a quiver full of zingers and impressions, you're going to be the hit of any party, be it with people or that basement full of mannequins. And this is season 14, Once in a Lifetime, where Chad and I have dived deep into the well of Lifetime original movies and come up for air with this little nugget of after-school special shenanigans starring Oscar winner Marsha Gay Harden. That's right, it's 2004's She's Too Young. Take it away, Chad. Hey, what is this thing on my lip? All right, what are we recording here today? Oh, hey, Adam. It's good to see you back in the studio, uh, finishing out your internship. I'm a little surprised that you uh, that you showed up. Oh, you spent the night here on the couch. Well, that explains why you're here so bright and early. Happy New Year, intern Adam. Um, Bo sent me an email over the weekend, and he said that you were doing some research on what you thought should be the fifth episode of this season's theme once in a lifetime based on six made for tv movies for the lifetime network so what have you got so far how long did you watch lifetime movies from christmas from christmas day till yesterday so that's like is that nine days and all you did over those nine days was watch Lifetime movies and smoking a lot of weed. But that's a given, Adam. I expect nothing less of you. Um, well, of course, if you're laying around getting high and watching Lifetime movies, you're certainly going to order a lot of Uber Eats as well. Now, as we discussed uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were standing in the back alley behind our office buildings, um, as you funked up that chronic, as you called it, um, you said that you wanted to select which movie we should do for episode five. So what did you pick, Adam? I agree. These movies are full of some crazy ass shit. Um, a- Adam, do you have three cell phones? You know what? Forget I even asked that question. Um, which of the movies that are filled with crazy ass shit, as you acutely observed, have you selected for episode five? That's what I need to know because I've got to go do notes between this intro and the full review we're going to do here in just a moment. Well, the problem is, Adam, we can't do three movies. We can only do one movie. You left the trailers for three movies 
in here on this computer, which browser did you use? Was it Chrome or was it Firefox? Whoa, Adam, you cannot be looking at this kind of stuff on the internet while you're here at work. Look, that's that's what one of your phones is for, I'm sure, okay? All right, close this out. Okay, okay, I got him. All right, Adam, let's check out your first selection. Another positive pregnancy test today. Inspired by a true story. Positive. You guys have to swear. We're all going to get pregnant together. What began as a secret. You can't tell anyone. Became a story that divided a town. My magazine is saying that girls in your school made a pact to become pregnant. Lifetime presents a movie. Your son took advantage of my daughter. That uncovers the mystery behind their motive. Did you get pregnant on purpose? The Pregnancy Pact. Premiere Saturday, January 23rd at 9. Now, what made you select this as a contender for episode five, if I may ask Adam? And does your maybe getting a girl pregnant in high school make it personal for you? And are you saying that you might have a kid running around out there in the wild? Well, if she moves to Colorado, then that somewhat nullifies any claims of paternity that they may have against you. Let's move on to your second selection, Adam. New town, new school. Have you given any more thoughts on trying out for cheer? Denise Richards. Yes, You're gonna make the team. They'd be so lucky to have you. Let's see if she can make it through the season. There's only room for one cheerleader. top of the pyramid i'm worried about you what is going on it's sayonara for you bitch <gasps> oopsie the secret lives of cheerleaders premieres labor day on lifetime now adam you clearly enjoyed that trailer with all of your clapping and laughing in the booth over there well i am a man of a certain age and high school cheerleaders are not really my thing and i'm not sure that they ever were you know what, let's take a look at what is behind trailer number three. Based on your first two choices, I'm assuming it will involve high school girls. Well, that's because I'm a very observant person, Adam. Let's see what we got here. You want to come listen to the new Kingpin Pimps you do with me in my car? I love Kingpin. You do? Awesome, let's go. Hey, you're not in middle school anymore, right? Volunteer testing for syphilis. Results are confidential, untreated. This could be a very serious disease. Stupid. Hannah, why didn't you tell us what's going on in school? What do you mean? Syphilis. 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 21 cases of syphilis. Syphilis, man. I said I have syphilis. Oh, my God, Hannah. Adam, this appears to be a movie about a bunch of high school kids getting VD. And for starters, it wasn't a trailer. It was more of a mashup of clips from the movie. Did you even watch this movie? So you're saying that an illegally uploaded version of this movie on YouTube that has over 10 million views makes it a legit contender for episode five of this season. 
your Adam, your insights are truly astounding. And was that Marsha Gay Harden in the trailer? Marsha Gay Harden, she was in Mystic River and The Mist and Into the Wild. She won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in the movie Pollock with Ed Harris. You know what, Adam? Let's kind of start here. You see, it's not uncommon to find actresses performing in Lifetime movies that have an impressive body of work that outshines the arguably trashy cinematic fare offered up in this season of Pick 6 movies. The actors and actresses who are featured in Lifetime Network original movies, well, they're usually in a career that's on its way up, on its way down, or on its way nowhere. Take a spin on the Lifetime Movie IMDb page and let the wheel land on any random feature film and you will see a cast and crew full of people that you most likely have never heard of and you mistakenly may recognize from something that you saw that one time. But every now and again, you'll land on a movie that's got a bona fide real deal actress and actor in the movie. Now in our last film, Pedals on the Wind, we saw Ellen Burstyn as the crazy old grandmother. Burstyn was nominated for Oscars in The Last Picture Show and The Exorcist and Resurrection and Requiem for a Dream, and she won an Oscar for her role as a leading actress in Same Time Next Year. Reese Witherspoon also took home an Oscar for her portrayal of June Carter Cash in Walk the Line back in 2006, but 15 years earlier she appeared in Wildflower, playing a young girl who befriends a partially deaf girl who was also played by Oscar-winning actress Patricia Arquette, who won her Academy Award for her role in the Richard Linkletter film Boyhood. Now, on top of all that incredible talent, the Lifetime movie Wildflower was also directed by Oscar-winning actress Diane Keaton, who took home her Oscar for her role in Annie Hall, and she was also nominated for performances in Reds, Marvin's Room, and Something's Gotta Give. And not for nothing, Miss Diane Keaton wasn't just a talent behind the camera of a Lifetime movie, she also appeared in the Lifetime original film On Thin Ice back in 2003, playing a mom of two kids that gets addicted to drugs. Well, she gets addicted to drugs, the kids don't get addicted to drugs. You want more Oscar-winning actresses in Lifetime movies? How about Hilary Swank, who took home a Best Actress Oscar for Boys Don't Cry and five years later won again for Million Dollar Baby? Well, before all of that, she appeared in the Lifetime made-for-TV movie 1997's Dying to Belong, where she plays a sorority sister that's haunted by the hazing death of one of her friends that's ruled a suicide, but Hilary Swank is determined to uncover the truth. That sounds pretty good. What did you say, Adam? Well, that's because sometimes older actresses are cast to play younger characters because of their acting talent and not based on their age. So they may look a little older. Yeah, you know, forget it. You, I remember you have a type that is between the ages of ninth and 12th grade. Ugh. Oscar winner Kim Basinger took home a statuette for her performance in L.A. Confidential and also appeared in the Lifetime original film The Mermaid Chair, which was an adaptation of Sue Monk Kidd's novel about a married woman who falls in love with a Benedictine monk. I'm assuming you didn't watch that one either, Adam. Assumptions confirmed. 
and the list of talented women performing in these movies goes on and on. Before she was Veronica Mars or Elsa or Anna, I'm not sure which one she was in Frozen, well, Kristen Bell nabbed the titular role in Gracie's Choice, about a teenager who becomes a de facto mom to her four siblings when her mother goes to jail for drug-related crimes. Kristen Bell wasn't the only small screen TV star to show up on a Lifetime movie. Felicity's own Carrie Russell portrayed a teenage Lolita in 1996's The Babysitter Seduction, a movie that not only involves a babysitter getting seduced, but it also ends up with a murder investigation. And speaking of murder, Christina Ricci played the most famous axe murderer of all in Lizzie Borden Took an Axe, and the success of that film actually led to a subsequent popular Lifetime TV series called The Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Now speaking of TV series, Mad Men's own red-haired bombshell Christina Hendricks starred in Hunger Point about a weight-obsessed family, and their weight obsession was all about being skinny. They weren't trying to be big fatzos. And speaking of big fatzos, Kaylee Cuoco from The Big Bang Theory, she played a physically fit teenage girl who put on a fat suit to gain experience of the hardships facing overweight high school students in Shallow Hell. I mean, to be fat like me. She also showed up in the Lifetime movie Untouchable, where she portrayed Stacy Peterson, the woman who was killed by Drew Peterson. Side note, Drew Peterson in that movie was played by famed actor Rob Lowe. Speaking of famed actors, they show up as well, including Zac Efron, Ben Affleck, Jason Momoa, Mark Ruffalo, and Elliot Page. Although at the time, Elliot was known as Ellen Page, appearing as a young girl who was the daughter of a gambling addict played by designing women's own Delta Burke. And it should be noted that Elliot Page, the actor formerly known as the actress Ellen Page, was nominated for an Oscar for her performance in the movie Juno. And that's one doodle that can't be undid, home skillet. That kind of dialogue is tough to write. Lifetime movies, with all of their salacious content and over-the-top pulpy DNA, have offered up some opportunities for a wide variety of actresses and actors to showcase their skills in movies that serve as building blocks to a more robust acting career. On the flip side, the rise in popularity of Lifetime movies opened the door for people to exploit the stereotypes of the Lifetime movie genre to make films that were somewhat meta in their approach. SNL alumni Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig, they played parents who want to adopt a pregnant woman's unborn child in A Deadly Adoption. Now, this movie was made in secret, and then the secret got out, and everybody abandoned the project, but they didn't really, and then the movie ended up being released. Now, the film is both somewhat making fun of the Lifetime movie genre, but at the same time, it's trying to be earnest with a tongue-in-cheek adaptation. Is the movie a joke? Is it serious? Yes, no, maybe, I don't know. Could you repeat the question? Now, similarly, James Franco led the charge to remake what many consider to be the original Lifetime TV movie, Mother May I Sleep With Danger. The original was made in 1996 with Tori Spelling portraying a young woman who falls for a crazy guy who turns out is a murderer. Franco remade the movie 20 years later with Spelling returning to play the mother of the daughter asking to sleep with danger. See, that was the twist. Now, was that movie any good? What do you think? I mean, they knew that they were making a campy made-for-TV thriller, and that's exactly what it is. 
When the bar is set as low as Lifetime movies have set it, it's not a hard bar to clear and it's difficult to not call the movie a success. Even when the filmmakers accidentally trip over the bar, they seem to succeed despite themselves. If the movie is good, surprise, we made something that isn't trash. If it's trash, hey, what did you expect? It's a Lifetime made for TV movie. Filmmakers don't really need a roadmap to get where they're going. All roads lead to it's a Lifetime TV movie. It's either a holiday romance or it's campy pulp or it's an unauthorized biography of some celebrity or TV show. And if it's all based on a true story, all the better. And if it's not, who cares? What did you say? She's Too Young is based on a true story. You took notes on this movie, like you did with Dear Santa? You know, Adam, we received quite a bit of email regarding your contribution to Episode 3, Dear Santa. Most of them, shockingly, were inquiring if you were single and on Snapchat or WhatsApp or some other phone app that clearly isn't on my phone. Where are your notes for She's Too Young? Can you email them to me? No, 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 no. I, I just want to read what you sent over and it's going to be perfect. Yeah, the people who listen to this podcast have similar expectations to the people who watch Lifetime movies. Yeah, we set the bar as low as we possibly could have the last time you and I worked together. Let's see if we can trip over it again. All right, hang on. Yeah, I, I got your notes here. Do you have any music you want to play under the intro? Yeah, just like last time, you select the name of the music track, then you click that same red button. It's the same one from last time. The, yeah, it's the, it's the red one. Yeah, it's the, it's the red one. There you go, buddy. Okay, here we go. She's Too Young is a movie about a bunch of, oh my God, Adam. Remind me later to show you how spell check works. Um, okay, let's see what you got here. <clears throat> She's Too Young is a movie about a bunch of kids in high school that have sex with each other. They don't all have sex at the same time, but they have sex and then go off and have sex with each other and then go have sex with other kids. These kids had sex with everybody. It's crazy that this is based on a real story where a bunch of kids who had sex with other kids who all lived in Atlanta and then all of these kids got syphilis question mark question mark question mark question mark mm. the company Frontline made a movie called The Lost Children of Rockdale County with real people who are not acting talking about all the kids who all had sex at some killer house party when their parents were out of town just like me and TJ did when his parents were out of town before my girlfriend Deanne moved to Colorado was this the girl you were... You know, uh, Adam, you may want to bleep out your ex-girlfriend's name when you edit this together. Yeah, just select the audio file on, on your computer. It, it says bleep, and then you hit the insert tab, and it'll for her name when you say it. All right. The mother in this movie is some lady named Marsha Gay Hardon. It's Harden, Adam. Um who has a name that sounds a lot like a lesbian porn star, but I couldn't find her on any of the good sites. Okay. But the girl who is the mom's daughter is played by Alec Denzia, who goes full frontal in the movie Broken Flowers 
and you can see her naked at MrSkin.com. That explains why you had all of those websites up earlier. And I guess that counts as research for your internship? <sighs> Miriam McDonald is the high school girl who has sex with 50 guys. She was on Degrassi The Next Generation. I love this show. The guy who plays Nick in this movie did the voice of Jack in the video games Jack and Daxter 2 and Jack and Daxter 3. That's, yeah, that's great. That is great that you beat both of those games, Adam. The movie was shot in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and the school scenes were shot in Halifax West High School. That is almost as cool as the time they shot a commercial for Dally Frost Nissan with all the high school seniors at my school on the football field standing around a brand new Altima, and Toby Schaefer pulled out his dick and it was on the commercial that you could see on TV. You know what, Adam? I believe you. And I believe that, it ha that that commercial has over 8 million views on YouTube, which makes it possibly a contender for this season. We'll keep moving along. I only watched half this movie because it was boring and all the girls were kind of stuck up and the moms were stuck up, except for that one hot mom who was super hot. Her name is Deborah Odell, and she does not have any nudes on MrSkin.com. I will take your word for that, Adam. Here are some reviews from the internet. Nick M on Rotten Tomatoes said, pretty good TV movie. Really shows what peer pressure and wanting to fit in can lead to. Makes me glad I was unpopular, quite honestly. A bit preachy, but it is a lifetime movie, so kind of goes with the genre, I enjoyed it. And then beneath that quote, you have in uh, all caps, the word nerd. And there's a lot of exclamation points after that. Point, counterpoint. Um, you've added here that Metroid Freak 92 wrote, my whole class had to watch this pile of garbage movie. Anyone who finds this movie worthwhile or good or thinks it spread the truth is a moron. First off, not every teenager is sleeping around and listening to rap music. And come on, honestly, what ugly slut of a freshman could sleep with 50 guys? And then beneath it, you wrote, again, in all caps, Shelly Mimacurio. And again, you should probably bleep out her first and last. Um, then at the end of your notes, you have here that CMSS3 wrote, this is a typical movie that makes clueless parents think that they are doing something great for their preteen kids by making them watch this movie together. This movie is a pedophile's dream come true. <laughs> Cute young underage children getting naked and wearing sexy cloths. The message of this movie is, so what if I get knocked up, smacked around, and get an STD? At least I will be popular and all I had to do was put out. After all, that's what boys expect. And then again, in all caps beneath that, you wrote the two words, true dat. Adam, once again, you have outdone yourself with your insights and pros. And now similar to episode three of this season, I need to go and watch this movie and take notes because I know nothing about it other than the nonsensical ravings that you've shared with me so far. Did you happen to tell Bo that we were going to be reviewing this movie? Well, someone should call or text him to let him know that. Well, that would, that would be you. And I think Bo is here in the building. 
If you want to go down to his office, you can tell him in person or you know what? Better yet, better. Ah, better yet. Copy and paste the URL of the illegally uploaded YouTube uh, video and send it to him along with those links to all the Mr. Skin pages and put them in a Word document and use the papyrus font and just email that to him. You know what? Better yet, put it in a Word document, still use papyrus font, 72 point font, uh, print it, deliver it to him in person. He'll love it. Um, wish him a happy birthday because today's his birthday why not and um, i will catch up with you after i finish my notes on 2004's illegally uploaded youtube lifetime original film she's too young oh my god And welcome to Pick 6 Movies. I am Chad Cooper, and I am joined with my 100% VD-free... Thank you. Co-host, Mr. Bo Ransdell. Bo, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm enjoying these eyes of the hurricanes when everything comes back negative, you know? It's like you look up and there are yellow skies, but you know that wind's coming. It's the lifestyle, Chad. I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. I originally recorded that introduction with Adam the Intern like a week and a half ago. And because of scheduling, we're finally getting to talk about the episode. But I needed to tell you, Bo, that one, I haven't seen Adam since then. Uh-huh. And then I got a text from him that said, I won't be there. So, <laughs> yeah, that feels right. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's the most Adam thing that Adam has ever said. I really feel as if maybe his time with us has run his course. I, I don't think he's holding up his end of the bargain. <laughs> And I don't know what we're paying him. Look, I don't ask a lot of questions about the financials of Pick 6 movies. <laughs> Nor should you. Not since I walked in and you waved that gun around. <laughs> so I leave that to you, sir. All I'm saying is he does not seem to be uh, employee of the month material. <laughs> no, he is not. Let's talk about She's Too Young. She's Gotta Have It. No, no. Uh, first of all, Chad, I love Spike Lee. Nope. No, I think this is nope, a no, great early... It is a different movie. It is not Spike Lee's initial outing. Baby, 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 VD. <laughs> it's a quality Spike Lee joke right off the bat, people. You can turn the show off right now and, and you've got your money's worth. Let's talk about She's Too Young. The fifth of our six made-for-TV movies from the Lifetime Network. The first question I have for you, Bo, mm -hmm. did this movie make you feel more uncomfortable than Petals on the Wind? Hmm. No. Ma yes, maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. Because Petals on the Wind is so campy. Like, none of that is believable shit. Right. Whereas with She's Too Young, it's like, oh no, there are kids out there that are engaging in dangerous and stupid behavior, and this movie is having a good time with that. One thing I found interesting about this film is that the movie starts off with a disclaimer similar to the one we saw in Petals on the Wind, but it's not a warning of questionable content. It, but in this movie, the warning says, the following movie is fictional and does not portray actual events or individuals 
thus shielding filmmakers from any lawsuits from all those people over at the PBS Frontline documentary series who put out The Lost Children of Rockdale County, upon which this movie is based, and liberally draws plot points and characters and end results. Based on a true story the way that, say, The Conjuring <laughs> is based on the official documents of Ed and Lorraine Warren. It's all bullshit, but, you know, kind of true-esque. It's true adjacent. I watched that documentary just because I wanted to see the source material, and a lot of what happens occurred in this suburb of Atlanta. And the kids in that documentary movie, they had a little more of, how shall I put this, local color when it comes to their southern charm and in this movie on this movie all these kids are from this affluent suburb of san diego or nova scotia or wherever they're from this is full-scale like toronto shooting this is we are canadian bound yeah the kids in that frontline documentary they actually ended up on the oprah winfrey show and they talked about how bored they were with their lives and they didn't have anything to do in the suburb except all the things we're going to discuss in this movie that included but we're not limited to having sex doing drugs having more sex, drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, having more sex, smoking weed, doing cocaine, and also watching all of their friends have sex while they also continue to have sex. Youth is for the young. I could not participate in that kind of behavior now, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like a good time. Yeah, they're young and dumb and used to be full of something. The the opening disclaimer lets us know that it's not being based on anything that, you know, is close to reality. But don't we always get that disclaimer at the end of most movies? I clearly remember seeing it at the end of Leprechaun 4, Leprechaun in Space, and Airbud Golden Receiver. I think the fact that this does at least, you know, suggest real events, uh-huh. this is the lawyer's contribution to the script. Right. Where he's like, look, I'm not saying you're going to get sued. I'm saying if you don't want to get sued, you put it in front of the movie. <laughs> and if you do put it in front of the movie, you better give me a writing credit on the screenplay or else you're going to get sued. Did you notice, Chad? We, I don't I don't uh, recall this mentioned in the introduction. This was directed by the same guy who gave us Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason live i did not include that because i didn't find that fact out until about eight seconds ago which i find interesting because that in many ways was reviving the friday the 13th franchise after of course the rather disappointing part five in which jason uh, is not the killer it's just a dude named roy is part six the one where arnold horshack digs him up in a graveyard and lightning brings him back to life that's absolutely right that's the first time we have a a full-on kind of zombie jason Voorhees. So significant, at least within the Friday the 13th franchise, uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, not not the best of the movies, but not terrible. And then went on to do She's Too Young. It's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating arc. Is that a step up in his directing career, or is it a step down? Because he is working with Academy Award-winning actress Marsha Gay Harden in this movie. Right, but Friday the 13th Part 6 played in actual movie theaters across the world. And he did work with Horshack. And he did work with Horshack and Jason Voorhees, uh, who who appeared on Arsenio Hall any number of times. You make a good argument there, Counselor. I know bird law, Chad. <laughs> the movie, after this disclaimer, it opens up on just the, this panorama of all these family pictures of our star Hannah as a little girl. But the first of which is a watercolor painting of a small girl. She looks like she's seven, and she's wearing this orange one-piece bathing suit, and she's knee-deep in the ocean, and that sad, soft piano rejoin music that they use on talk shows is playing when it's a serious episode. Mm-hmm. And they give us the title she's too young you get that real quick and when i saw this kid i was like this person's gonna be dead before our movie's in. 
Right. I would have bet $100 that whoever this child is as a teenager, that in the third act, we are going to see her laying in a casket with her sad friend standing around, having learned a life lesson because of her cautionary tale of being too young to have done something. Ah, uh, if only, Chad. Th- this movie has a zero body count, and that's a real problem. Pedals in the wind, you had people dying left and right, and that'd be yeah. This movie dials it way back and not to the film's credit. Yeah. And that sad piano music, it then transitions into this 90s rock it's new metal bullshit 90s new metal is the peak of awful music like the 90s arguably the worst era of popular music and them aping this limp biscuit crazy town era of music it's just it's like somebody punching you right in the eardrum this movie is the most 90s movie that we've ever done on this podcast it came out in 2004 but it really feels like it's 1990 a hundred percent we're getting these crazy dutch camera <laughs> angles like the the height of the mtv they're changing uh film stock so at one moment it's kind of cinematic sometimes it's handheld camera mm-hmm. sometimes it's night vision oh chad this movie is here to freak you out it is almost unwatchable it's like you're watching the ben stiller show yeah, but like the bits in between the sketches, like the good parts of the Ben Stiller show have been abandoned for just the interstitial sh- stuff where it's like people falling off of skateboards on railings. Maybe you got some people in hoodies just kind of squatting while the camera swings around them. Right. It's just garbage, Chad, all of it. It looks terrible. You know, there's the Inquisition, the Holocaust, and there's the film style of the 1990s. It's kind of the big three in terms of just like human grown self-inflicted uh social scars on this country and in this world but how do you feel about the movie reality bites reality bites is <laughs> fucking terrible <laughs> and like i'm kind of a sucker for like friend ensemble comedies i think like kicking and screaming is good and shit like that Reality Bites is garbage. Like the Ben Stiller character alone in Reality Bites. And I know he he directed, maybe even wrote it. And if he did, again, Ben Stiller has committed a number of cinematic crimes. Reality Bites is way up on that list. Reality Bites is terrible. From from soundtrack on, Ethan Hawke's shitty hair in that movie, <laughs> facial and otherwise. Winona Ryder uh, has gone on to do wonderful things, but she was d- rightly in cinematic jail for a while after that. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about reality bites what about you it's okay (laughs) so during this opening montage we see this young girl slowly growing up and then once we've moved over into 90s crap rock we then start to see all of these young teenage girls brushing their hair and they're getting ready for a night out on the town (laughs) yeah really catting it up man putting on the makeup and teasing out some hair you see some covers of different magazines like cosmo with headlines like are you sexy enough how sexy can you be is sexy the new sexy of sexiness our sex experts say sex the point this movie is making is well taken which is yes this culture sexualizes women at an unhealthily early age and etc etc unfortunately this movie is so just dirt stupid it can't do this well but i i do appreciate that it's at least making a statement about that kind of thing and not just being purely salacious but enough of that let's get to the salacious shit i think it's also trying to teach another lesson of how to be a good parent because absentee parenting 
in this particular film is another major theme. I was really surprised at the end of the movie, we didn't see Marsha Gay Harden sitting on a stool with a single light above her. Like, I'm Marsha Gay Harden. If you would like to get some more literature <laughs> on how you can not be a shitbag parent who's absent <laughs> teaching your children horrible lessons and helping them to, to grow into responsible adults, visit your local library. I don't disagree with you, but I think it muddies the waters of that message with the Christian parents who are just as shitty, but it's for a different reason. Like, they're not absentee. They're just too close-minded or something. No matter what you do, you're going to fuck it up, parents. That's the message of the movie. It, it kind of is. It's like, look, you see a number of parenting methods, all of them utter failures. <laughs> Spoilers. The end of the movie is just like, we'll all try to do better. <laughs> it's like, well, all right, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that helps. So here we meet our first of three 14-year-old girls. Her name is Becca, and she's the one with the super religious parents, and she climbs out of her second-story window, shimmies down over a small roof that overhangs the porch, and she makes her way down some lattice work, and she hops into a car with a guy named Nick, and he's a real shitbag in our movie. More on Nick later. <laughs> yeah. The movie cuts back, and we see then some mini flashbacks of Becca as she hooks her index finger in her mouth to look and see if this massive sore that's been growing over the last few days has gotten any larger. And the look on her face is like, possibly, maybe, definitely. And then we cut back to the car where we see Becca with Nick and these two open mouth kiss and troubles on its way, Bo. Absolutely. And then we get Becca part two, the sequel, uh, who is Dawn. Yeah. She is on her way out the door after tarting up as well. Uh-huh. But her mom stops her with a, hey girlfriend, mm -hmm. where are you going? You're not going out dressed like that. You know what time it is? Get over here. You need to undo those top two buttons, show out what I gave you. Right. Slide down those hip hungers. Fellas, love to see you wearing a thong. You're 14. They like to see how your panties just disappear in your ass crack. You're a 14-year-old girl. Flaunt it. You're not smoking yet? All right. Here, take my pack. <laughs> it like it touches up her lip liner. It's like, off you go. Enjoy your underage fucking. <laughs> and meanwhile, this is another theme of this movie. The younger daughter is just watching and learning silently in the corner. She looks like Simon Chipmunk. She's got giant glasses she's all like hey guys i uh, i'm just watching over here there's nothing sexual about me whatsoever but i'll be learning from the horrible examples of my mother who is clearly irresponsible and her daughter my older sister who is equally irresponsible it's wednesday night you should be going to bed not going out but no one listens to me the sequel to this movie is this little girl murdering an, an entire sorority i would see that honestly i've got it half written I'm pitching it to some people at Lifetime. They're not not interested. Do you have any working titles? Right now, it's just going to be, hey, that little girl from She's Too Young Kills a Sorority. <laughs> that was the working title for a long time. They said it might be a little short. How about Simon Chipmunk, Murdering Sex Fiend? Alvin, Theodore, and Murder? We're workshopping, but I, it's really coming together, and a lot of people, we're bringing back the original actress. Uh, it's going to be quite good. She can get time off working at the Geico claims office. Enter the most 
mommed mom that's ever mommed in a movie, Bo. <laughs> she is in the business of business, Chad. It is Marsha Gay Harden. And casting Oscar-winning actress Marsha Gay Harden in this movie is the best decision that the director of Friday the 13th Part 6 has ever made. She is a perfect, nosy, overprotective, uptight mother. She's the best thing about this whole movie. Absolutely. She is the reason I would recommend everyone watch this. Well, that and all the bonkers shit we're about to discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is very good in this movie. I don't disagree with that. I think it's hard to be good in a movie like this. As we discussed in Pedals on the Wind, there are those Ellen Burstyn moments where you're like, God damn, Ellen Burstyn is really good. And there is that in She's Too Young. Mm-hmm. There are those moments when you're watching Marsha Gay Harden on screen, you're like, she is a movie star like she is a great great actress she comes in after a long day's work of being a lawyer or a contractor or the mayor of the city or something important Yeah, (laughs) but but she comes in and she's like, hey, work went great today. My proposal really went well. And there's a lot of this through the movie where it's like proposals and reorganizations. Not once does anyone ever say what's going on. I swear to God, it's like she's working in the company from Brazil or something. The commission approved everything. Wait till you see the poll result. You know, I'm getting a lot from the head office these days. And I got to tell you, Barton, you know how it is where the head office just doesn't understand. She comes in and her husband says, I saved you some dinner. And so she hugs her husband and she gives him a smooch. And Marsha Gay Harden says, where's Hannah? And speak of the devil, the final member of our trio of 14-year-old girls, Hannah, shows up. And she is not as overly sexy as Becca, who has those super religious parents, and Dawn, whose mom totally lets you drink at her house because she'd rather have you do it there where she can supervise, you know, and possibly hook up with one of your cute friends. Hannah comes in and she says to Marsha Gay Harden, hi, mommy. Just to emphasize that she's still a child uh-huh. and hannah asks how was the board meeting at your important work job career <laughs> and, and, and marcia gayhorn says it was great they approved my important plans for work revenue diversification mobility and then marcia gayhorn says hannah are you going out on a school night her dad jumps in and he says well she, she had dinner and she's done her schoolwork, and i said it was okay and she's just going out for ice cream probably with some rainbow sprinkles with her friends dawn and becca it's totally innocent fun and as a father i'm like look sometimes you got to jump in and do the preemptive whoa whoa whoa, hey i approve this situation to establish that a lower court has already ruled in favor of what's happening you know mom can definitely overrule this decision on appeal sure it's within her legal authority right but precedent does carry some weight with the higher mom court. Here is the absolutely amazing Marsha Gay Harden mom energy brought to this film. When this information is delivered, Marsha Gay Harden says, Oh, I didn't realize you were seeing those girls again. <laughs> Which is really nice, like bitch mom, kind of like, Oh, those troublemakers? The last time I saw them, they looked like whores. That's all subtext. And then she says, Would you like me to drive you to go get to this? iced cream (laughs) (laughs) and she's like no 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 uh nick is driving and even dad i think is like oh shit record scratch oh a boy and how old is nick and Hannah's like, uh, he's he's 16. And a half. 16 and a half. Yeah, right. But he's the most popular guy in school. And Marsha K. Harden is like, well, I'd like to meet him then. And then marches out to the car. 
with Hannah in tow like a remora. The dude honks the horn outside. For any 16-year-old boy looking to have sex with 14-year-old girls, first off, don't. Yes. Don't do that, period. Separate tip, if you're picking up a young woman, or for that matter, anybody at any house anywhere, don't just honk your horn. Get out. Walk up to the door. Introduce yourself. Have some manners, you mope. That's not Nick's vibe at all. Like, Nick is a very, like, you come to Nick. He's already picked up two girls, one of which snuck out of her house, one of which got thrown out of her house by her mom as she was chunking handfuls of condoms and birth control at her. So Nick immediately is just like, oh, hey there, Hannah's mom. Uh, Look, uh, it's nice to meet you finally and whatnot. Well, nice to meet you too, Nick. I'll just take your mother's number. Be sure you have Hannah home by 10. I do have a powder that I put over her pants, so I'll know if you've manipulated anything. Also, Hannah... Put on your seatbelt, honey. And Hannah is just like, oh, Jesus Christ, this is the worst. How did her father not go out and talk to this guy? Get him the whole, like, I'm going to cut off your dick and throw it over in the grass like Lorena Bobbitt. Because it's the 1990s and Nick would certainly get that reference. Marsha Gay Harden throws that in his face as she she walks back inside from this encounter. She's like, what happened to the man I married who said he was going to meet every boy in her, her life with a shotgun at the door? He's just like... Uh, you want some ice cream? You emasculated me to the point to where I don't really even know who I am anymore. Look, I, I really think she's earned her trust, and also Bridge on the River Kwai is coming on, and it's been like, I don't know, 12, 13 years since I've seen that, so I was going to get some Rocky Road, just chill out with some Kwai. I don't know if you're, you want to do that. Yeah, I, you probably got business, because you're always reorganizing and whatnot, but it's me and Rocky Road and Kwai is what's happening tonight for this guy. Marsha Gay Harden says, I thought we decided she's too young. To be going out on school nights. And Bo, at the four minute, 41 second mark of this film, we get the title spoken by a main character. I really thought they were going to save that nugget until act two, or maybe that dramatic moment in act three when she's in the coffin that never comes. Or at the big meeting, she's too young, you know, like really pounding the fist. They really (laughs) slip in it. She's too young, David. She's too young. She's 14 years old and she's wearing all of that makeup to go get iced cream. We know nothing about this boy, Nick, which I'm like, as a parent, she's 100% right, okay? Dad's like, what are we going to do, lock her up? She makes good grades. She plays the cello 40 hours a week. She loves ice cream and Limp Bizkit. And- she's pretty cool. I don't know if you hung out with her, Marsha Gay Harden, but tell you what, Hannah's kind of cool. I was thinking of maybe next weekend, I, you know that weed I keep in the garage? I was thinking maybe, you know, we throw on some music. I'm going to let her pick it. She's got good taste. <laughs> Have you heard Crazy Town? butterfly butterfly it's really good we cut back to the car where our three teenage girls and nick they're all singing along to this sad ass 90s rap song that was most likely written for this movie chad abs (laughs) as someone who listens to hip-hop on the regular (laughs) this is not a real rap song you don't think those lyrics that they're rapping that include take it all off take it all off you don't think that that's a real rapped song in the same way chad that the music music services that we subscribe to for royalty free music this is that kind of rap song somebody was like look i i clearly cannot make real money on this thing this is not real music that people will consume and listen to on their own our group of teenagers arrive at this coffee house that is completely inspired by the hit nbc sitcom friends they go inside and more of that muzak grunge rock that you're talking about is playing in the background and there's all these teenagers hanging out inside and outside of this coffee house i 
think it's like an internet cafe or something. It's very white kid cool. And then Brad, our other movie's complete douchebag teenager, he comes over to the car and Nick's sitting in the driver's seat and they do this hand slap finger move, which when I watch movies from the 70s and you see <laughs> like streetwise black characters pull off some of that smooth hand jive choreography, uh-huh. that's a thing of art and beauty. But when you see these two upper middle class white kids do it, it just makes you sad. Let me ask you a side question, not to derail uh, in tangent further. That's not sure. something we normally do on this show. But do you have like middle-aged men do that shit with you every now and again? And you're like, well, how old are we? Are you kidding me? No, you work in a very different industry than I do. So I could see where you run into that. The closest that I get is a fist bump and they can visibly see how uncomfortable I am doing it. In fact, I would probably be more comfortable licking a stranger's palm than fist bumping them. I'm with you there. I don't like, I like a handshake. I don't like, I don't like a hand job. A middle-aged hand jive is not for me. I thought you were going to say a middle-aged hand job. No, no, Chad. As someone uh, who's <laughs> fortunately been the recipient of a couple of middle-aged hand jobs, I'm here to tell you, just fine. I am not too young. <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> almost, almost. Anyway, so we're at the Peach Pit knockoff. Uh-huh. There's the skater pal Brad. Yeah. Who is who is Nick's buddy. Yeah. And Nick is like, hey, oh, where's the party? And Brad is like, hey, you know, there's a party over at a friend's place because uh, his parents are going to Hawaii for two weeks because the theme of this movie is absentee parenting and so we're going to go to that place and just get wrecked and then Brad kind of drops a little smile to Hannah our main character and then he gives Dawn uh, and or Becca a look I mean I can't tell you which one they're interchangeable they look the same as I took notes on this movie I got them mixed up the fact that one of them isn't blonde brunette and redhead or just not white how about that how about just a not white friend that's like in anyway plenty of problems here so i so you're right it's becca because then he looks at don and hannah and nick is like hey how about you two get the fuck out of the car they're like what (laughs) he's like yeah yeah i'm about to fuck your friend so i'm gonna need you two to go inside and get some coffee and whatnot they do they get out of the car but before they leave hannah kind of pops back into the open door in the back seat and she says uh before you leave do you want a latte or something nick and nick says oh you're sweet maybe sometime later sweet cheeks beat it maybe later we'll we'll talk about some cream you know what i'm saying Oh, he's really become Andrew Dice Clay, and I'm totally fine with that. So then we cut over to Nick and Becca just fucking at this sleazy motel that outside has signs promoting hourly rates and free porno movies. And they give you a complimentary VHS copy of the in-room security footage. It's it's It's, real sketchy, man. And Becca is like, hey, did you bring a rubber? And then Nick, to paraphrase Digital Underground, look, I don't go nowhere without my gym hat when I'm rapping and if she's clapping and I'm strapping because I'm smarter than that. But it turns out he didn't bring a rubber. What he does say is, no, I don't have one. I could go get one and you could maybe like do your English homework while I'm gone. And then she's like, "Mm, whatever. So she just takes off her panties and they too start having consensual statutory rape well consensual underage sex uh, he it's not statutory rape of neither of them are an adult i, I looked this up and it depends what state they're in arousal is the state they're in you can be charged with statutory rape even if both of the participants are under the age of 18 yeah that sounds crazy i am becoming quite adept at dad law and these <laughs> are the sort of things that i look up on the internet see i'm all bird law as i said i don't know dad law i think about my internet search history 
in preparation for this show and the things that I look up. And if I ever get caught committing a crime and they, it's going to be so incredible. I'm going to look like a maniac because I'm looking up. Is it illegal for two 14 year olds to have sex in Canada? Same question, San Diego. <laughs> same question, suburb of Atlanta. Interesting. Interesting. Same question in quotes, the Valley. <laughs> I think you got to put uh, a card at the front of the video to say that everyone's over 18 for those. According to my research chat. We cut back to the coffee shop, our slightly off-center perk friends knockoff. And Hannah and Dawn, they're just hanging out. And Hannah says, hey, did you ever, you know, like date Nick? And then Dawn says, yeah, for like 10 seconds. Nick only dates babes like Becca. And then Hannah says, well, Dawn, you're a serious babe. You're, you're gorgeous plus. And then Dawn says, yeah, right. I'm average at best or maybe a babe minus he would totally go out with you you're a total babe you're babetastic if you were on tv stick with me here you and you were lilith the wife of fraser crane on the hit nbc sitcom cheers you would be babe babe newworth if you were a supreme court judge you would be ruth babe Ginsburg. if you fell down an open well you would probably be babe d jessica if you were a spice girl you would be victoria babeham do you like wayne's world i love wayne's world well done and then, then Brad rolls by. He's like, hey there, Hannah. You want to go listen to the new Kingpin Pimp CD in my car? You know, they're kind of like Incubus with a little bit of Papa Roach and maybe just a hint of Coal Chamber. Hannah is like, no, that sounds terrible. I would rather somebody punch me in the eardrums. Dawn is like, oh my God, I love Kingpin. You want to go make out in your car and listen to that CD? The two buttons on my 14-year-old blue jeans are three steps ahead of you. And I'm wearing a training ball that changes color when my temperature goes up. You want to see it? You had me at Incubus. Brad's like, what? Seriously? Yeah. All right. Whatever your name is let's go plan b it is he goes off with dawn here and so hannah has to call her mom for a ride home yeah and so Marsha k harden picks her up and she's like you know hannah you did the right thing you know you can always call me no questions asked because i am your mother and that is what we do also i don't understand why nick didn't drive you home i've got a couple of questions about that jeez mom you said no questions asked Ka-thunk. Yeah. Thum, 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 thum. Ka-thunk. Hmm. Eight pounds, seven ounces. Now she's using that for it at the dinner table. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we go back to school, Chad, where all the youths are, are skating and whatnot with this incredibly 90s camera work for a, a movie that took place like a solid 10 years after the video would imply yeah and we're at the high school we see school buses and kids on skateboards and wherever we are hannah and her nerdy friend tommy uh, are talking about the book the scarlet letter i thought it was wuthering heights i thought they talked about hester Prynne. Mm, i don't know doesn't matter it's just to show that he's the nerdy friend first off the fact that they're not talking about the spark notes of this or which one watched the movie was more shocking i was really amazed when demi moore was shit on by that community <laughs> gary oldman was good though robert duvall saved that movie right that's tommy you know the movie nerd of the of the group yeah robert <laughs> duvall like have you watched tender mercies you should go back and watch tender mercies i mean he's it's a revelation so then nick shows up and just stares this tommy dude down till he leaves yeah tommy gets what's going on he leaves defeated yeah to the friend zone but he he only walks like eight feet away and then just starts recording them with his phone no he starts taking pictures with his camera because he's a stalker 
and a weirdo. He's a hundred percent a creep in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he's not the worst of the creeps. He, like it, the thing is, you just end up with a guy who is least likely to pull out his dick on date one. Yes, is kind of the moral of the story. Hannah's all wide eyed at the presence of Nick, and Nick looks like he's kind of pulling off that Brandon Fraser look from the nineties. He's got a little bit of a mullet. He's got long sideburns. He's slightly handsome, but he looks like a dope. And since he's one of our terrible characters, Nick says to Tommy as Tommy slinks away, he's so gay. Yep. And then pivots immediately from throwing a slur at him to, you know, Hannah, a lot of people think you look like Angelina Jolie or something, but I'm like, nah, Angelina Jolie is a dog next to Hannah is what I tell them people. I look at Angelina Jolie after looking at you and I'm like, what is this big fat slobbering pig doing over here? Have you guys seen Hannah? I looked at you and then I looked at a picture of Angelina Jolie and I swear to God, Hannah, my hand on a Bible, I immediately leaned over into a garbage can and I threw up my lunch. I threw up all my ziti. <laughs> Nick, you're such a flatterer. It's like poetry when you talk about when you throw up looking at pictures of Angelina Jolie. Hey, smell my breath. Ask me if I'm lying. Huh? Oh, your breath smells terrible. What are all of those open sores in there? Hey, you know, that's uh, I, I call them notches on the bedpost. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Every sore is a story. You're so cute. Hey, you know, I got a question for you. Hannah, how come we're not dating, you know? Oh, because you never asked me out? That's probably the biggest reason. Oh, look at me. Uh, yeah, egg on my face, Hannah. I'll tell you what. There's a party being held on Friday at Brad's place because his parents are going out of town. And you know how us like kids like to party down when the parents are gone, Hannah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard all about that. I've never been on a date or to a party or out of my house without my two girlfriends except for the other night when you picked me up in your car. <laughs> I think you are really really gonna like it and i think more importantly i'm really really gonna like it <laughs> and she's like what about becca weren't you two dating and he's like you know hey sometimes two people meet they get to know each other and they realize that they just want different things like hey i want to stop boinking other people and she was like maybe not so much you know i was like hey i don't think this is working out and then he just kind of slinks off back into the sewers <laughs> for which he came and then because this whole scene just constantly rotates in somebody new for hannah to talk to uh <laughs> right they <Becca>. tag out <laughs> Becca comes in and she's wearing this belly shirt that can 100% pass as a sports bra. And she's got this tight red sweater that barely covers her arms and shows off her whole midriff. And she says, did Nick just ask you out on a date? And then <laughs> it says, yes, we're totally going out on Friday. And then the school bell rings and the girls run off, giddy and excited, talking about what will Hannah wear on her first big grown-up date at the age of 14. And then we get a little bit of a like nick moment here in the movie oh my god where we see him arrive home at night and he's just like hey it's dark in here and the, the pots are cold it's just like that santana song it looks like he's on the set of a sitcom everything is way too big and open for actors to walk around and the whole thing is early german expressionism there's all these long shadows and creepy angles of this bleak gloomy house that he lives in the apartment of dr caligari <laughs> Nick opens up the fridge and I think he grabs a beer and he hits play on the answering machine and he hears his dad say, he's like, hey there, Nickaroonia, I'm not going to be able to make it home tonight. I'm having dinner and then later me and my mistress.
waitress are going to have lots of marriage-destroying sex. Uh, your mom's probably still stuck at the office drinking vodka and crying uncontrollably. I, I left uh, my credit card there on the counter. Just do whatever irresponsible things that come to mind, and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Uh, Rick? I mean, Nick? Oh, why do you have such a hard name to remember there? Remind me to scream at your mother later about giving you such a stupid name while I was away on business when you were born. Click. And so Nick just has a beer, I think. In this dark house. And then he goes to listen to some more off-brand rap. And then he fires up his web TV. I have a question about this. Are the emails that he is going through that are all like, hey, watch this and live sexy girls and stuff. It's all just like phishing spam emails, right? The fact that he is using a web-based service called Teen Playa, spelled P-L-A-Y-A. I was 100% expecting the FBI and Chris Hansen to walk in at any moment if you're on that service it is a sting operation but to your point yes the fact that all of the subject lines are you want a date and i'm yours nick and then all of the people sending him messages are like bambi 69 and there's one in there that the person sending it is called hot 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 which i'm guessing is buster poindexter uh, yeah right probably was there are other subject lines that say see me nude and girls 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 and watch me do it now and then that scene just sort of ends so you're just like well nick's alone he's a teenage drunk and he's really into porn and not that smart when it comes to phishing scams so we leave nick to his sad drunken masturbation at a young age i assume forecasting a long future of it dawn uh we cut over to her and she's telling her creepy younger sister uh, who's watching like some sexy soap opera on tv and learning more messages about the sexualization of women and whatnot uh, dawn's like listen you stupid younger sister this homework is shitty no her exact words Bo, are this homework is retarded that's dialogue in this film and the younger sister is like you're not my mom who is outside the house by the way just making out in a car with the dude who was her date for the night don't sees her mom out the window and she says get a room you two it sucks when your mom gets more dates than you do no you're 14 your mother is a single woman you i would completely expect her to be dating more than you simon chipmunk over there walks over to the window to check out her mom getting a mouthful of tongue from some hunky guy and spying on her family's sexual escapades is something that we were certainly introduced to in petals on the wind yes it's a real dollinganger move in this case i think that simon chipmunk is the kind of young girl who would read those vc andrew novels and take away all the wrong messages yeah i mean this is another moment moment where it's just like showing the horror movie roots from this director she just watches chad and mm -hmm. she learns until she strikes Let's cut to Marsha Gay Harden leaving her work, business, enterprise headquarters, mayor office. And Marsha Gay Harden, she runs into Dawn's party girl mom. And the party girl mom says, hey, girlfriend, I heard you've got some big news. And Marsha Gay Harden says, oh, the merger, acquisition, election results, partnership, international growth dividends. <laughs> and then Dawn's party girl mom says, mm, I don't understand those words. I'm talking about your daughter going out with Nick, the hottest guy in school. Hello. She didn't tell you? Nick is a big hottie. You shouldn't be worried about Nick, though, especially since you want your daughter to be popular. Gotta go. Bye. And then off she runs. And Marsha Gay Harden, not pleased at all to be hearing this on the street from Jenny, who she clearly looks down on. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so we go to Hannah's bedroom as a cello plays. Uh, and she's practicing. Marsha Gay Harden is looking on. And when she wraps up, Hannah is like, oh, I kind of messed up that second movement. And Marsha Gay Harden is, is like, yes, your fingering was a little off. You know, Hannah, I ran into Jenny today. Do you know Jenny? 
yeah, that's that's Don's mom. Uh huh. It is. She told me that you have a date with Nick on Friday. You understand you're supposed to ask permission for me before you agree to go out on a date. I thought that we had made that clear. And to be clear, this is the same Nick who left you at the coffee shop when I had to come pick you up just a few nights ago. That Nick, Nick. Yeah, mom. But what was I supposed to do? Yeah, I'd like to go on a date with you, but let me ask my mom. And instead of Marsha Gay Harden just being like, yes, that's exactly what should have happened. She's like, all right, well, look, I'll allow this, but I want you home by 11 and I want to know everywhere you're going to be. And I want to have all the phone numbers. And also, I want you to wear this on your ankle. And in this scene, Marsha Gay Harden does a really good job of wanting to give her daughter more freedom. But at the same time, you can really see that she's struggling with her daughter getting older and going out with boys. Not that this is an Academy Award worthy performance or even an Emmy Award worthy performance. She does a lot with what she's given in this garbage of a movie. Yes, she is 100% doing what she can with that material. We get more shaky cam footage back at school. Becca is going into school and she changes into like sluttier clothes and adds some makeup in the bathroom Uh after coming in and and going to the the girls room. It'd be like if Fred Rogers did his show and it was all about sexy Japanese hentai porno. You come in dressed one way and you come out by the other side and you're like whoa look at this. Instead of loafers there's a lot more fishnet. Short skirts giggling with your fingers covering your nose. (laughs) she goes becca does to the nurse because she's got this sore on her mouth still is starts this chat with hey mind if i ask you a few questions specifically about sores can you take a look at this thing in my mouth (gasps) holy shit that's syphilis (laughs) i mean we need to do some tests i'm sorry i didn't mean to react that way but yes uh yes you can ask me all the questions you like but please please dear god I need Stand you to stay away from other people. <laughs> Nick shows up at the Hannah Marsha Gay Harden household uh-huh. uh, for the big date. Hannah comes downstairs in a bit of a sexy outfit, Chad. And Marsha Gay Harden is like, where did you get that dress? This? It's Don's, Mom. Don't embarrass me in front of Nick. Did you ever borrow clothes from a guy? Like, I would never do that. Right, but also most guys have, like, four things that they wear. You know? Like, why would I borrow something from you? Because, A, it's not going to fit. B, it's not the shit that I've already broken in and am comfortable in. And women are dressing on a totally different scale. Like, that is that is something I neither envy nor entirely understand. Hannah and Nick leave. And we cut to Brad's house where there is a parting taking place with over 100 kids at this home. And there are kids making out. And since it's the 90s, they're kicking back some Bartles and James wine coolers. And then the movie really cranks things up. And we see a few joints on the table along with baggies of cocaine, Bo. Yeah, sure. Now we're talking it's a party because you do the blow when you first get there because it allows you to drink more. And then once your heart really starts racing, that's where you want to hit the weed because that's going to level you back out, Chad. That's going to let you go for the long haul. Kids, we're giving you some real good advice here okay and remember only take what you can handle and always know your dealer and be sure you handle what you take that's the other thing <laughs> take what you can handle and handle what you take don't right. be that guy freaking out in the room all right nobody yeah. likes that asshole we're all here for a good time that's right write this stuff down kids okay remember and if you need somebody to buy you booze on the weekend you just reach out to your uncle Bo or your uncle chad okay and i'm gonna ask you two questions first of all can i keep the change first and foremost <laughs> second 
second of all, what's this for? If it's for, say, a black mass, 100%, you got beer for the weekend. But if it's like, hey, we're going to try to slip it to these girls, uh, Uncle Bo's not down for that. Uncle Bo always says consensual sex is best. And remember, not only do I keep the change, but every 12-pack that I buy is a 10-pack. I have a couple of roadies for the trouble. So (laughs) give me a ring. I'll tell you what, Uncle Bo, buy you beer and talk to you about pedals on the wind. Those are the two guarantees that I will make to, to all comers. In this party, Hannah looks up and she sees Becca, who's there, going into a room with Brad and another i'm assuming 14 year old girl so that the three of them can have three-way sex the way that teenagers do sure (laughs) Uh, we also get a surprise appearance of tommy aka the weirdo stalk in her yeah who let him in right and he's like hey i'm i'm here to save you if you you know uh, because of all the fun you're having and all the the fun drugs and sex everybody's doing she's a little drunk and she just kind of wanders. she's like hey yeah, yeah, yeah. i got stuff to do nick finds her and he's like hey this place get a little crowded you know how about uh it just becomes like me you and the devil you know what i'm saying how about we <laughs> head to my place and but my parents i don't think they've even ever visited this house come on i don't think they know where it is exactly i get a lot of mail for other people here honestly i'm not sure i live here but nobody ever shows up and the electricity bills get paid so what do i know he takes her to the jacuzzi which may or may not have been running the whole time it was completely running the whole time he turned it on before he left that was his move he immediately starts taking off his clothes the second of multiple times we have now seen this actor disrobe in this film you know hannah is getting all beside herself he's like hey oh you can get a swimsuit Uh, there's one in the bathroom don't worry babe we're not gonna get naked at anything i'm not a creep and she's like shoo i'm so glad that no one's getting naked nick and she goes boat and gets a swimsuit and the one that she picks out it had to have belonged to his grandmother yeah it's of one piece it's like this meemaw outfit the kind that you wear when you scoop up handfuls of water and put it onto your shoulders because you don't want to completely be submerged she finally gets in the jacuzzi with him because this is the the kind of creep this is his game right is hey i wouldn't even kiss you if you wanted to uh you know that's i'm just here for a good time and so she's like oh really how about if i try to kiss you like this he's like hey oh hey what are you doing here and starts kind of splish splashing and playing with her and stuff (laughs) and it's like oh man you are just such a dirt bag it's it's kind of wonderful and so he takes her home after their little splish splash fun marcia gay harden almost like gets up and goes to meet you know hannah and look out the window and stuff and but dad's like hey chill out baby everything's cool have some ice cream hey yeah you know what uh hannah gave me a static x cd you want to throw that on it's pretty good it's pretty good you know it's no soul fly but it's not bad hannah comes inside right and marcia gay harden is like so what did you and that nick boy do hannah is just like uh you know just hung out mom anyway i'm tired talk tomorrow thump 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 clunk marcia gay harden has a really good like huh well i guess that's it then you know that kind of look on her face it's really nice upstairs hannah is messaging dawn about this date of hers where she she says it was 
amazing with three Z's. Yeah, she's also using the Team Playa web service as well. <laughs> right. My favorite made up internet thing later is Fine Search. Yeah, that's a good one. For Google, that's a pretty good one. We cut over to the church, hee <laughs> hee, where we see all these sexually active teens and their families. After this service, Becca is like, Becca, who is fresh off of her threesome uh, from the night before. Right. Her, what, what we call in these parts a requiem for a dream. She bow-legged meanders her way over to her friend. <laughs> right. Riddled with sores. It is like, so Hannah, how was it? Hannah's like, oh, we didn't fuck. He probably really likes you. Or maybe this is a strategy to get in your pants. You know what? Becca, she knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or three. Right, Becca's been around the block at this point and knows this game. Becca is the secret hero of this movie, as far as I'm concerned. Because she's the one who's like, I should really do something about this shore. <laughs> Instead of, you know, having her brain eaten away by syphilis, I suppose. It's kind of awkward when they first talk, because I think Hannah's a little worried that Becca's going to be upset that she went out with Nick. But to your point, Becca's like, hey girl, don't sweat it. I got plenty of guys out there that'll plug up my 14-year-old holes. Becca's not going to be alone on a Saturday night. Don't even sweat it. I had anal for the third time right before church. It was great. Also, I almost got his name. So I think it's pretty serious. Her dad calls her. He's like, Becca, darling, come along. We're all going to have a Sunday sing-along at your great aunt's house. Like, coming dad i'm not gonna go i'm gonna sneak out of the car while we're driving there they'll never notice i'm probably gonna masturbate once i get to grandma's <laughs> becca later is led to a room where she gets a big talking to from a lady from the department of public health yeah her name is lauren james yeah and she's the most normal well marcia gay harden is the best thing of this whole movie but this actress playing lauren james from the state health department she's kind of like that character in it's always sunny in philadelphia where you put a normal person in incredibly average <laughs> normal circumstances <laughs> yes. and her eyes are constantly the size of oreos do you know what I mean like she's just like what in the fuck is going on with these kids yeah like she starts every scene at being shocked and ends every scene be by being 10 times more shocked than she began. So she is, uh, initially she's like, I can't believe, look, yes, you have syphilis. Also, I've got to ask you a few questions. And Becca is like, listen, let me ask you one thing right off the bat. Are you going to tell my mom? Because that would be a big problem for me. And she's like, look, I don't have to tell your mother, but I need to know how many people you've had sex with. What exactly do you mean by sex and lauren james says well sex all sex like even oral sex which i know you kids don't think is actual sex but it is thank you very much bill clinton what the meaning of is is indeed yeah i mean the doctor is basically like look every hole counts okay no matter what hole it was that's a number and i'm gonna need the names of every person that you had any type of sex with okay and it will be completely anonymous but quite honestly they're really gonna be able to figure it out that was you and i'm not here to judge you I'm not here to make fun of you. Well, I mean, not to your face. Later tonight when I'm out with my girlfriends having a couple of strawberry margaritas at Chili's, I'll be talking shit about you like you won't believe. But for now, here in this office, this is a safe space. Okay, so I need to know how many people have you had sex with? And Becca's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. Six, seven, okay. 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 And then there was a, okay, that's last Go. week. And then there was I, a, <laughs> 
What are are and then I went on vacation. Are you trying to figure out what counts as sex? Hold on, hold on. I lost count. Do you have a calculator that I could borrow for just a moment? A calculator? What in the fuck is happening here? <laughs> this one ran out of paper. Do you have another roll, a roll that I can replace it with, please? Finally, the doctor is like, "All right, what number do you have? Just top of your head. What what is the first thing? Ballpark." That- Closest yeah. to the pin counts. Just give me, like, what are we talking about here? How about like, not prices Right rules? You can go over if it's closer. And she says... 15, <laughs> maybe 20. Well, so what, the real number's 30, right? Right, and the doctor is like, what in the fuck? <laughs> this 14-year-old girl came into the nurse's office with syphilis and said, she's had sex with 20 guys. Because you know what she like what the what the doctor was thinking initially was, God damn it, that like this girl's uncle or something has um, abused her and not only is this abuse happening, but syphilis is on top. Like that's how a fourteen year old girl gets syphilis. And you know she had to throw out like all of her dad's friends and all of the names of guys she doesn't remember. And she's only counting penis vagina penetration. Like right. fingers don't count. Like that's not sex. Okay, there was Jeff and Alan and Peter and Fred and and Jack. That was the same time. That only counts as one time though, because when they were in two holes at once, I was only having sex one time. Then there was Taco Bell. <laughs> there was movie theater. There was the time I got a flat tire. There was bathroom guy. I think. <laughs> I, I think he was homeless, so he might be tough to track down. That might be a tough nut to crack, Doc. When she tells her that she has had sex with 20 different guys, the look on Lauren James's face was like when John Hammond realized all those dinosaurs were running free on Isla Nublar. <laughs> yeah. It's it's real sh- like pants shedding panic. This is impossible. We've spared no expense for, the, for this not to happen, and now the worst has come true. And then and so we start hearing cello music, and we see these picturesque suburbs. And then a phone rings, and then it's a text from Nick to Hannah saying, "Hey, won't you come out to the window? Uh, I'm outside." And so Hannah runs to the window, sees Nick outside, runs out there, and Nick is like, "Hey." I was just wondering if maybe, you know, we could have another date or something. Hannah is all on board for it. But of course, Marsha Gay Harden is like, I don't know. That Nick boy is older and I'm not crazy about that. And Hannah's like, yeah, but he's so smart and he's funny and he's popular. Come on. Will you please just trust me, mom? It's just the second. We've already been out on one date and it was fine. How about just trust me? Remember, he dated both of your friends. Before lowering his standards to date you, Hannah, and you say he's smart and funny, but I think that you're wrong. He's not funny. Perhaps accidentally he might be funny, but when you're laughing at him, he never really says nor does things by his own free will to make others laugh. He's, um, he's a terrible person, Hannah, but I love you and I trust you. I guess I'll reluctantly agree again. I just want to say real quick, in this scene with Hannah and her mom and her asking for this second date, it's quick to gloss over this, but all of the scenes that have tension between uh, Marsha Gay Harden and her daughter, Hannah, they're really good. Both Marsha Gay Harden and Alexis Zinzia, they do a good job of playing a mom that 
Charlotte struggling with having her daughter grow into a young woman. And she actually does, I think, a really good job of not being cartoonishly melodramatic, except for one scene when she screams, I've got syphilis. I was pleasantly surprised by what I felt to be a realistic portrayal of these types of conversations that would happen between a parent and their their daughter. That is hard for me to judge because I have neither been a parent nor have ever borne witness to good parenting. So it's tough. It's tough to gauge. So we cut from that to our team of syphilis investigators. School nurse and State Department officer Lauren James. They start to create one of those mafia boards where you put one person in the middle and then you start pulling out red strings to take down the ringleader of a criminal organization. Right, like you're building a RICO case against VD. The school nurse is like, how do these kids not think they're... They, uh, their actions have consequences. And Lauren James, who is kind of the sage, seen-it-all investigator here, uh-huh. is like, these kids just don't think their actions have consequences. That's why. Got it, kids? Wink. The school nurse says, my candidate for patient zero is Nick Hartman. He's so handsome, and he's nailed almost every girl in school and half the teaching staff. Heck, most of the custodial crew and one of the people in this room. Spoiler alert, it was me. So she writes Nick's name in the middle of this board. Nick is our patient zero. He is now the center of our investigation. And so we cut to another Teens Against Drinking commercial with kids skating too much and green lighting Hold and on, all Can that. you imagine being the principal just walking into the, the school clinic like, hello, Nurse Smith. Hello, Lauren James. This is strange that you've been here for a couple of days. Well, what is this arts and craft project on the wall? I see the most popular in the boy, Nick, is uh, in the center there. What is this? Well, this is a, a representation of, of how every kid in this school now has syphilis what your school is overrun with an incredibly contagious venereal disease like you know what let's just pretend i wasn't here i'm going to leave now if anyone asks i certainly did not have sex with nick the most popular boy in school spoiler alert i totally had sex with nick also nurse i need to see you about a separate matter (laughs) in my office privately uh syphilis you say all right, that explains a lot. I thought that was her. I thought that was a hemorrhoid. How about you give me one of those penicillin shots preventatively? Uh, that's not how it works. That's how it works for me, nurse. You're going to. I clearly don't have syphilis, especially uh, related to my anus. I'm just going to need one of those shots, preferably right here in my anus mind the sores i mean hemorrhoids so nick is bringing a soda over to hannah at at like a drive-in or something they're outside a movie theater and all the kids are just mingling around because apparently whatever brad's parents came back from hawaii so they don't have a place to go snort cocaine and have three-way sex so nick he's like he's like hey uh, this place kind of sucks why don't we go back to my hauntingly empty museum of a house and maybe watch a dvd or something and so that's where they do Uh, Hannah and Nick go back to the spooky old German expressionistic house and they're watching a werewolf movie. Was that a real werewolf movie? You would know that. No, 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 no. Do you think they just set up a a werewolf Halloween mask and filmed it? (laughs) Statically. Yes. I mean, I haven't seen every bad like Mexican uh, uh, werewolf movie, but I would I would be willing to bet that th- that was fake. Gotcha. Nick is sitting there with his arm around her and he's like, hey, uh, I got you a little present for being so incredibly adorable. And Hannah opens up this box and it's a necklace. And you know that Nick totally boosted it from his mom's jewelry drawer upstairs. He's got a whole trunk full like the guy from the blob. Yeah. So they start making out. And the next thing you know, he's like, oh, wow. Get a little woman here. How about I just take off? 
off my sweater. Third time in this movie that we have seen this actor disrobe in under, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes? Yeah. These pants are starting to chafe a little bit. I don't want to have a rash tomorrow. So he starts addressing her a little bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, I've, I've never done this before. Is that okay, Nick? Yeah, I, I love being first. Oh, that's just one of the creepiest things you can say to any human being. It's Dollinganger gross. Yeah. And so she stops him again, and then he kind of zips up and he's like, hey, if you want to do anything, we don't have to do nothing, you know? I mean, if you just want to play some Scrabble or something like that, I mean, you don't want to play Scrabble, right? And she's like, Scrabble sounds great. Yeah, but but once a guy gets an erection, you know, and there's not any release, I, I don't know if you study uh, science, but the guy could explode and die. If you're not interested in keeping me alive, that's one thing, but maybe I should just take you home and swing by Dawn or Becca's house, you know, and maybe they would be willing to, uh, you know, keep me from being dead from spontaneous bone eruptionitis. And she's like, well, I don't want you dead, Nick. And he stands up so that his dick is eye level to her. She's like, well... Former President Bill Clinton said this isn't officially sex. Yeah, and so she blows him. Like, I mean, it's you don't see it, obviously, but that is the implication that... A 14-year-old girl just blew a 16-year-old kid, just like the 16-year-old kid planned. That's what happens in our movie. Yes. And so he takes her home and they kiss, so he's not afraid of snowballing, which is interesting. <laughs> Nick, he's a crazy guy. Hey, I'm experimental. I like to do it. Ask the principal. He can tell you. And then, and then Nick says, and uh, you know, you can go tell everybody if you want to. I mean, I'm going to go tell everybody. Yeah. And then Hannah says, great. So the whole school will know that I went down on you in your home theater because I'm here to remind you of the <laughs> mess you left when you went away. Yeah, hoo-ha, 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 I don't know. It's the 90s, Bo. Yeah, I love it. I mean... Look, it's no stained, but it's good. Uh, so he says, look, I mean, you don't have to tell people as soon as they see us together. They're going to know that you definitely went down on me at least bare minimum. You gave me a blowjob. They're going to know you went to the hot tub. They're going to know I gave you a necklace that used to belong to my mom. They're going to know everything. All right. <laughs> you should be thanking me for letting you give me that blowjob because your reputation is going to go boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you know, you're going to get all kinds of dates, you know, because people know you give out blowjobs. That's the important part. You got to keep giving blowjobs if you want to get more dates, Hannah. So you like uh, want to go out tomorrow night? Maybe we can push this a little further. <laughs> see what you're into. See what you like. See what you don't like. And she she is like, uh, yeah, that sounds okay, I guess. And then she leaves. She goes inside just filled with shame and, let's be honest, possibly some of Nick's semen. She tiptoes up to her room past her mom who's sleeping on the couch because uh, Marsha Gay Harden had been waiting up for Hannah. And then Hannah, she goes over and she gets on Team Playa. <laughs> she has an online chat with her friend Becca about her first time having sex, even oral sex, how it was a real downer. Yeah. And then Becca, as you said the unsung hero of our movie she messages back girl it gets better when you actually do it and even better when there are multiple people in the room freaky dicky is how becca rolls yeah she's like no 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 you just blew a guy you need to you need to fuck and you need to fuck him until he recognizes your clit and gets you off because that's how becca rolls becca becca comes first is becca's rule at the age of 14 becca says i come first and that's c-u-m sister <laughs> becca types to hannah come over to 
tomorrow. And that was a C-O-M-E. She says, I'm babysitting. N might show up. And I'm hoping that N means Nick. Hannah says, sure. But she's all sad when she types it because she's like, I'm probably gonna have to blow that guy again. (laughs) Right. And so we cut to the babysitting where these three girls, Dawn and Becca, have separated into two individuals. Somehow. Like station. And they're doing some cheerleading. That's uh-huh. a whole lot of, you want it, I got it. You know, it's that kind of shit. It was in the intro. It was the yes. little cheerleader bit that they do. And then it's followed by a three-year-old child exclaiming that their routine was hot, hot, hot. Yeah, take that, David Johansson. But then during the scene, the girls are cheering, the underage singing hot, hot, hot. After this little impromptu cheerleading session about how guys like to grab their ass and they're giggling with this three-year-old child. This is the moment where Becca, apropos of nothing, the rumbles of laughter about this routine they did are still echoing in the room. Uh And Becca just chirps up and is like, guess what, guys? I'm syphilis. It is hilarious. They swivel their heads. Yeah, and it's really contagious. The symptoms are soaring in your mouth and on your, you know... And then it's Hannah who's like, wait a second, people still get syphilis. And she's like, that's right, guys. And then she just takes a a chair, turns it around and sits on the back of it. And it's like, listen, you guys should get checked. Syphilis can occur in any age person. And it's extremely transmissible. Dawn jumps in and she says, look, I don't have any sores. You're a skank. You dated some nasty guys. And then Hannah, she looks on. She's like, yeah, I don't have any sores either. I don't do anything like putting a guy's syphilitic dick in my mouth on a second date because, you know, I'm a 14 year old good girl. Yeah. And then Dawn just throws out, hey, look, I did all the same guys you did. We fucked them all. And then Becca's like, yeah, you fucked them all and like half the basketball team. Look, Nick and Brad are coming over later and I don't want you here talking about syphilis. It's gross. All right. So why don't you get out of here, you nasty whore? (laughs) (laughs) And so yeah, Becca starts leaving before she leaves. She's like, so Hannah, you want to come hang out with someone who doesn't have syphilis anymore? Thanks to a shot that I got. Um, I think I'm going to stay here with Dawn. I'm in love with Nick or something. Dawn is the one who like real shittily says to Becca, she's in love. It's this weird power struggle of like who's Hannah's friend or something going on between them. <laughs> so Dawn Lee, Becca is ignoring her babysitting duties. And That's this right. three-year-old kid is sitting in a high chair watching cartoons and feeding himself chokeable sized chunks of food while Becca, Brad, Nick, and Hannah are in the other room drinking stoly straight from the bottle. Mm -hmm. and talking shit about dawn nick then is like hey what do i have right here next to my penis in my pants it's a pornography dvd hey uh everybody want to go upstairs maybe we watch it maybe we do it aka how about we have an orgy while this kid noah sits down here alone brad is totally down with this plan and because this is set in the 90s brad gives it a good old-fashioned kramer giddy up what's kind of great about this is brad acts like he didn't know this was the plan all along oh you have a pornography dvd nick what a great idea how about we go upstairs yeah this sounds like fun what do you say guys come on girls i'll push you along that guy that's not brad is right we ought to do that they get upstairs and nick i mean like dawn is already climbing onto the bed with brad they're all drunk man yeah (laughs) nick uh is like hey don't worry baby brad's gonna be real good to you wait what right and hannah's like i thought i was enough to do it with you not 
for you, which, I mean, as far as burns go, is a pretty lame one in the middle of an orgy. She leaves, and Dawn is just like, wow, more penis for Dawn. And <laughs> three holes, no waiting. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Hey, if you guys have another friend, I think we got room at the end. <laughs> yeah, she's all smiles on account of all the dick she's going to get now. This whole scene takes place in Becca's room, and because her family's super religious, there's a poster of a cross up on the wall with a like a moon behind it. It's all very unsettling. It's the kind of thing you would see in a Stephen King movie. But So Hannah returns home crying, uh-huh. and she runs like upstairs. Dad is just like, well, not getting involved in that one. You want some ice cream, honey? Just down here listening to a little alien ant farm. Throwing on a little <laughs> Papa Roach after that, if you uh, feel up to it. Back it up with a little ba with the ba You know what I'm saying? Uh, you want to call some friends over? We'll listen to ba with the ba Honey? All right, more ice cream for dad. So she immediately goes upstairs and gets online with Tommy. Right, her friend Tommy. And <laughs> she's like, hey, you were right uh, about Nick. Tommy replies back, forget him. You're too good for that jerk. So we cut to the next day and Marsha Gay Harden comes upstairs to get Hannah to tell her to go to school. And Hannah says, I'm not going to school. My head hurts. And Marsha Gay Harden, she knows something's up, but she lets her daughter stay in bed. It's a good mom move. Yeah. At school, Nick is just wandering the halls as the king of VD Mountain. He squeezes in between two girls that are having a conversation, and he's like, whoa, ladies, look at me. I'm in the middle again. <laughs> oh. So you had a threesome with these two as well? Yeah, he got pegged in that one. <laughs> Nick goes to the health clinic and he meets the state health counselor, Lauren James, who announces in front of everybody in the waiting room, Nick, you've been exposed to syphilis. Well, yeah, because he's like, hey, can we put a rush on this doc? I got a lot of girls to infect. And that's where she's like, you got the sif, son. I like that he sticks out his arm here and is like, give me the shot then, doc. Let's make it a quick one. That's right. I got a lot more virgins to deflower. Whoa. Hey, I like to be first, doc. I love to be first let me tell you about it i got a list of names so she says i need to know everyone you've had sex with and he's like look i ain't no rat as if like he's in the mob and they're in the business of syphilis you know Uh, yeah she tells him you may have infected others nick he's like may have may have you're talking to nick here i'm patient zero you want my advice stick them all because i did man that line is where this guy started cheering that is the kind (laughs) of trash i want to see in a lifetime movie Stick them all, because I probably did, is a great Lifetime movie. You think they considered poke them all, because I did, nail them all? Stick them. Let's go stick. Stick them is the most graphic sounding because nobody ever, nobody ever lovingly says that they stuck someone and refers to sex. We cut to Marsha Gay Harden's work enterprise government building yeah. and she calls up her daughter to see if she's feeling better later in the day. Marsha Gay Harden goes full mom asking way too many questions and it kind of ends with, you want to talk about anything, hun? And then Hannah just hangs up on her mom before she says goodbye. Because the chat room uh, that she's in is blowing up on account of all the Sif going on. On in the school person after person like do you hear about syphilis what about syphilis do you think you've got syphilis we come back to the school and lauren james our state health counselor she is now talking with the school principal who she somehow coerced back into the health clinic possibly with some cigarettes a diet coke and a honey bun she says that syphilis is running rampant in the school and she says this could lead to gonorrhea chlamydia and they kind of dance around the impact of these kids getting aids or quite possibly getting pregnant which considering 
considering the year that this came out, I was really surprised that AIDS and pregnancy wasn't tacked on top of the syphilis. They talk about how we're lucky that these kids haven't gotten more pregnant because that's a different Lifetime movie. <laughs> right. And, you know, I haven't watched the real documentary yet. Yeah, don't bother. I have to imagine that there were a few more teen pregnancies than zero. No, but I will tell you that they made this documentary and the syphilis and all the fucking was part of it. There was a big part about parents being absent, but then the nice little coda on the end of it is that one of the kids in the three high schools that they were doing the documentary lost his shit a few weeks after Columbine and shot up a whole bunch of kids at the school as well. So I can only imagine what their high school reunions are like. Basically, everyone gets their own therapist <laughs> as soon as you come in. It's like, oh, Mary, mo- mo- most likely to never have a fulfilling relationship was like the superlatives <laughs> that year. Um, so th- all of this results ultimately in Lauren James giving a bunch of names to the principal and being like, hey, give these names to the, your homeroom classes because right. these are all the kids what got the sip. Right. The whores, the sluts, and the douchebags that all have syphilis. AKA America. And give them all letters and tell them to come to me to get tested. Can you imagine that happening in a public school today? Oh, no. I mean, it would be seen as just the biggest witch hunt, which it kind of is. This all should be done on the down low. Is it better or worse if you get a letter or if you don't get a letter? Because if you didn't get one, it means you might be kind of a loser. But on the upside, you don't have syphilis. A real school system would be like, hey, call these people individually to the nurse's office, explain what's happened in a private setting where you can answer questions and all that stuff and not just hand out a note and be like, hey, we know you're filthy. Will you please come to the nurse's office to get cleansed? John, Angela, Tommy, Susan, Gary, Frank, Melissa S, Melissa R, Brian, Brian with a Y, and Shannon. All of you do not need to go to the <laughs> nurse's office for syphilis tests. Everyone else, um, please come with me. They just do it by organizations. The cheerleading squad needs to report to the nurse's office. The football team, basketball team can report to the nurse's office. Chess club, you can sit this one out. You guys are fine. <laughs> we cut to this montage of a bunch of these boys and girls who are all, you know, whores, tossing these voluntary syphilis test sheets, just ripping them up and throwing them like confetti. Didn't work. This did not do the job uh, that they were hoping. So then we cut to Becca's house. The religious house. Yes, where her super religious mom is confronting her about the rumors about syphilis running rampant in the high school. Have you laid with a boy? Has a boy known your body, Rebecca? Becca's just like... <laughs> No. Look, you know me, Mom. I'm super religious, just like you are. I read all the Bible. One Corinthian, two Corinthian, um, the end part, the part that they quote in, in rock music. I read all that. Mark, Lucas, Resolutions. I like all of those. The Psalms. I like Genesis. I like Phil Collins' solo work. <laughs> Um, sure. I like Exodus and a lot of the works of John Saul. Big fan of Deuteronomy. Big fan of what dudes do to me. Um, <laughs> Becca's mom is like, well, how come your name came up on this list of filthy, uh, unclean girls? Look, Dawn has syphilis and she had to name names or they tell her mom. Look, you know me. I'm a virgin mom. I've got no syphilis. And then the movie takes a page from a Christmas story when Ralphie says that Schwartz was the one who taught him the word fuck. And Ralphie's mom, she calls Schwartz's mom, and then Schwartz's mom beats the shit out of him over the phone. Yeah, but in right. this movie... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's Becca's mom immediately calls Dawn's party mom. Uh, yes, is this Dawn's party mom? Your daughter turned my daughter in and told others that she had <clears throat> syphilis. And so Dawn's mom, who is the party girl, kind of rushes into Dawn's bedroom as Dawn is kind of playing sexy dress up. Yeah. And her mom is like, look, I heard about all the sex and syphilis you're having. You know, you can tell me anything. You know that I'm your friend. And Chad, this movie, I think, is trying to tell me something. All right. I think it is that you're not supposed to be friends to your kids. You're supposed to be parents. And I know that because Dawn then says, I don't want you to be my friend. I want you to be my parent. Mm. That's the problem. And I was like, oh, I get it. She's too young. Then mom is like, you're grounded. And Dawn is like, you want to ground me? Well, that means you're grounded too. And that means you can't get syphilis either. Meanwhile, as this argument is happening, the Simon daughter Uh watches Chad and she learns. And in the background, some Canadian version of Lisa Loeb is playing her chart topping song from the Canadian billboard charts. Like called like. I hear ya, A, or something. (laughs) Don't go nowhere, huh? (laughs) You say, only hear what I want to. A. I never go to Horton's. I never get the double-doubles. A. Hannah is getting ready for school the next morning, Chad, and is checking herself in the mirror when she notices a little bit of a sore happening on her left. She looks like she's in spinal tap all of a sudden. So she goes over to Tommy's house. Yeah. And she confides in him. Uh, yeah, I've probably got syphilis and I blew Nick. And when his dick was in my mouth, that's probably how I got syphilis. And then Tommy's both disgusted and turned on at the same time. Right. Well, because now he knows she puts out and he's like, all right, this is the moment I was waiting for. But she does have syphilis. Hmm. On the other hand, I would be like 10 times cooler if I told anyone I had syphilis. (laughs) Not in my book. Well, if it was after this movie, I would laugh so hard I would just roll around on the floor (laughs) until I piss my pants. I'm saying if I were like 15 and i called you up and i was like guess what chad i got syphilis (laughs) and you would be like what who are you fucking and also did i fuck them (laughs) during this disclosure hannah looks over at the wall inside tommy's does he live in a garage or something i'm not sure but one whole wall is just covered in eight by ten candid photographs of hannah and both we've not seen this level of stalker photography since season one in sharky's machine when sharky pulled the same move with all of those pictures of domino the prostitute yeah and immediately tommy is like oh my god oh my god oh my god i know that that's probably creepy because he's aware how creepy it is yeah and hannah is just too naive to recognize how dangerous that behavior is and she's like no i think that's cool she should run screaming from this room there should be a hannah shaped hole in the wall with a cloud of smoke billowing around it tommy takes this opportunity to capitalize on the moment and he's like yeah all the girls think it's cool i mean well you thought it was cool but then they go fuck the popular guys yeah he's like look i don't blame you for dating nick on account of popularity being kind of a drug then she's like oh are you calling me a slut and then they like laugh and tease and whatnot uh i get it those two will end up together 
we go to Hannah's house where they're having dinner, and it's all quiet. Uh-huh. And then Marsha Gay Harden says, well, that's it. I'm too upset to just be quiet about this. I have heard, Hannah, about the sexual escapades going on in your high school. What is going on with all this syphilis? Oral sex behind the gym? Girls with multiple sex partners? Rap music? Hannah is like, I don't know. You guys seem to know more than I do. Then Dad is like, look, honey, you tell us if you had syphilis, right? (laughs) And Hannah is like, oh my God, Dad, I was told by Dawn in confidence about the syphilis, so I didn't say anything to you guys because it was my friend. But there's nothing going on with me. I don't have the syphilis. Why am I covering my mouth? Don't even worry about it. Marcia Gay Harden says, did anything happen between you and Nick? Because if you did it, just admit it. And Hannah, she sticks to her lie. She's like, nothing happened. Ow. Oh, my mouth. I can't speak or smile or laugh right now because of this sore. (laughs) Unrelated to syphilis. And then, Bo, this movie sucker punches you (laughs) with this clockwork orange inspired tour of people with syphilis huge images of lips and open mouths as hannah uses like askbutler.com or boogle or whatever made-up search engine that they're using in this movie it is the worst thing that i've seen this whole season it far surpassed any of the fictionalized atrocities from petals on the wind that made me cringe i looked away yeah i did not look away what was your take on this when this happened and you just saw these big gaping pus filled sores and the exact sound i made was ho 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 <laughs> but i may or may not have googled over my years <laughs> medical atrocities and whatnot these hands are not clean chad way back in the day when i very first got on the internet this has been decades ago as a young man, I was introduced to a website called Rotten.com. Sure. Rite of passage. That was where I put my hand on the stove one too many times. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I am so just shell-shocked of what's behind this click that I don't even pretend to do that anymore. I wasn't a Rotten.com kind of guy. I wasn't looking for autopsy photos and, and that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. every now and again, it would be like, what is the craziest case of elephantitis that ever happened? Let me <laughs> let me take a peek at that. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, I shouldn't have seen that, but I did. And that's kind of how I felt about these syphilis shots. It was a lot of, I wasn't anticipating that, but also evidence that this was a horror director behind the lens. (laughs) That was like, you know what's going to fuck these people up? Medical textbook pictures of syphilitic bodies. It's a shocker. For those who are never going to see this, which is almost everybody, it is the equivalent (laughs) of scrolling through social media and someone posting a picture where they banged their toe on a table leg and it rips off the nail and it's like should i see a doctor about this and you're just like you yeah it's very much like that and it, i do kind of like that moment in the movie but it's also undercut by the fact that at every turn in the movie it's just like so how do we cure this problem just one shot and that takes care of it okay oh okay so long as i just admit i have syphilis i can get it cured and it literally clears up in a few days i i feel like that undersell some of the drama not for nick he's just like give me a shot i'm getting back on the horse nick is one of the few people in the movie that's just like this isn't a big deal everybody yes it's it it sucks that we all have syphilis but we can all take care of this in like 45 minutes and apparently it's free at the nurse's office right speaking of so the next day dawn is going to get tested for the syph (laughs) she's getting slut shamed as one would expect in high school 
Yeah, right. Yeah, you you definitely got it, Dawn. We know that for sure. As she leaves, and some guys tease her for being a slut. That's the girl that finger cuffed Nick and Brad under a poster of Jesus. Finger cuffed. <laughs> so as the day is wrapping up, Hannah shows up kind of last minute, zero hour, and is like, um, is it too late for a test? Immediately, they see this ginormous sore on her face, and they're like, no, no, it is not too late. You get your ass in here. We're just going to give you the shot of penicillin. I, I think we can forget go the formality of a test here and what was great is like the gta 5 menu music is kind of the music playing underneath this it was really inappropriate and then there's a whole montage on the heels of this of just a bunch of kids getting their sif shots yeah. and nurses being like give me some more names who else did you fuck we've gotta we gotta make sure we get all of this we're doing a. I cannot stress enough these are children yes like they don't look like high school tv show kids these look like 12 and 13 13 year old children getting shots for having syphilis because they have all been just indiscriminately having these Roman fuck orgies with one another in this school. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing that there were no horses involved. No Caligula-esque bacchanals. Anyway, but the, so there's this whole great scene with Dawn talking to this doctor all about her sexual escapades. And Dawn is like, I have to say, the syphilis sucked, but because of all this sex I've been having, I'm the most popular girl in the eighth grade. My problem with this, Chad, is we don't ever see the upsides of this popularity. We never see the moment in the movie where, like, she walks into a room and everybody's like, oh my god, it's Dawn. She's the most popular girl in eighth grade. It's just, she's the most popular girl because she says she, she's the most popular girl. Lauren James asks her, like, well, what would you tell a hypothetical younger sister about sex, knowing what you know now? Oh, you don't have to be hypothetical. I've got a younger sister. She's creepy as fuck. And Dawn is like... You know, I think I'd tell her to wait. And you know what else I would tell her? I would tell her, first off, number one, I would say, younger sister, stop watching me go to the bathroom. That bothers me. <laughs> number two, I would say, stop killing small animals with a hammer. Because I see her do that a lot. Stop setting all the fires and stop wetting the bed and stop looking at other people as objects and not emotional beings. Also, I would probably tell her, not only should she wait to have sex, but if she doesn't wait to have sex, that lube is your friend. <laughs> Don't be afraid to tell somebody what you want and also that thongs are good in theory and they're good for lines, but they're kind of uncomfortable. That's, that's what I would tell her in a nutshell. But I would start with don't. But if I if she does, I would tell her all the other stuff about the lube and, and the clitoris. We cut over to uh, where Hannah and Dawn, they're hanging out at Dawn's house. And they're day drinking wine coolers. And they're swapping sex stories, you know, like it's sex in the city. And at one point, Dawn pulls out these two knockoff Barbie dolls to demonstrate sex positions that she's done. And I watched this with my wife. And she immediately pointed out that these dolls were not Barbie dolls, but they were kind of the oversized country cousins that would come visit Barbie if you had them. Like, they they were sold in yellow boxes and not the pink ones and were found at your finer circle case during the Christmas season. It's like when you would go over to a friend's house and they would have, like, knockoff G.I. Joes and shit. <laughs> and you're like, I can't, these aren't even the right size. I can't play with these. Doesn't fit in the car. Yeah. Well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, my mom got them at the Dollar General. Right. <laughs> They're garbage. 
I can't play with you anymore. Dude, why don't you sit over there and play with yours? I'll be over here and we'll use the depth perspective to make them seem like they're the right size. Right. If we were taking photographs, perhaps these would be acceptable. <laughs> but clearly, if we are going to play as, as comrades. I'm going to have to come up with a scenario where we've given your G.I. Joe some sort of serum to make them overly large so that they don't fit inside the Jeep or the tank. But they're not so big they can be like superhero giant. They're just unusual usually big i hate having you over here terry i wish there were other kids in the neighborhood you're a poor choice once hannah and dawn are really loaded <laughs> we cut to a little later that day and then dawn's party girl mom shows up and finds hannah throwing up in the toilet with dawn passed out on the couch next to simon chipmunk who's just eating cheetos from a bowl <laughs> right with a gun in her lap and there's a fire <laughs> on the stove she's just watching static on the tv <laughs> right hello mother dawn's party mom calls up marcia gay harden to come pick up her drunk daughter and the funniest scene in this movie happens where dawn staggers down the stairs drunkenly and quietly and dawn's party mom goes get back upstairs i'll deal with you later and then dawn just turns a 180 without saying a word and just starts trotting her way back up to her bedroom i didn't describe that as funny as it was in the movie but it made me laugh out loud yeah it's yeah, right go right back up uh yeah i'll deal with you later is very funny don't have to ask me twice there mom <laughs> so hannah's folks show up and they pick her up dawn's mom is completely supporting her on the way to the car so she doesn't just keel over they take her home and dad is like hey hannah you want some ice cream also i'm very disappointed in you this is like that time when i was like hey hannah i got the new godsmack record are we gonna sit down and listen to it or what and you were like no dad i'm not into godsmack anymore i'm into evanescence now and that hurt hannah it hurt <laughs> you know how much ice cream i ate on the back of that a lot dad is also like you are going to school hungover tomorrow i don't care how bad it is you need to suffer through this which i like it's a real like smoke the carton kind of approach marcia k harden is taking the kinder out she's good copying this uh-huh and she's just like honey what was all this about was it some kind of experiment just to see what it's like to be drunk? Uh, I've got syph I've got syphilis. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't get that. It sounded. I, um, I, I got syphilis. It's just I'm I'm so upset, honey. I don't think I'm hearing you right. Can you speak up, please? I have syphilis. Okay. Bet you didn't think I'd screw up like this, did you, Mom? Oh my goodness, Hannah. You had sex? Was it with that Nick Hartman? It was oral. It was just one time. Bill Clinton. There's actually a flub in this scene. And if you pay close attention, you'll hear it. Marsha Gay Harden says, oval oral sex is sex, young lady. And I only caught this because I had the subtitles on, but it's a real nice gaffe that they left in thanks to Marsha Gay Harden. Yeah. And they kind of end the scene with both of them being like, this breaks my heart. It breaks my heart too, mom. The melodrama of this is tamped down a bit because again, the two actresses in this scene are pretty good. And I thought this was actually a really good scene. Aside from the part where she screamed that she has syphilis, that's a little over the top, but the rest of it is a compassionate mom and a kid who's really screwed up and knows it. Right. And so the dad and Marsha Gay Harden are meeting the doctor, uh, Lauren James, about like, hey, what, what can we do to keep our kids off syphilis? And... <laughs> <laughs> and she's like look hannah is growing she's pushing boundaries the dad is real quick here to be like well we're gonna harden those boundaries right up huh how about that huh how about no lincoln park 
Let's see how she likes that, huh? What what if she can't listen to Trapped anymore? Also, no ice cream. That's a hard rule. And I don't mean magic shell. I mean she doesn't get any. And, and the doctor's like, yeah, I guess that'll kind of work. But also, we're going to have this big public education meeting, and you ought to come to that. But I got to tell you, I'm not expecting a lot of people to, to show up because parents don't like to talk about these things privately, much less in, in public kind of thing. And Marsha Gay Harden is like, don't even worry about that. I know other mothers in this movie, and I'll have them attend. Thank you. And somewhat presciently, Lauren James is like, look, you go talking to parents about the sex lives of their children. That's a real good way to turn friends into enemies real fast. And Marsha Gay Harden is just like, Lauren James, you're so cute. I don't think you understand. I'm Marsha Gay Harden. This will all be fine. So she goes to lunch with Becca's mom. She's like, well, Becca's mom, I'm curious to know how you feel about, well, all the talk of syphilis going on. Um, Becca's mother is just like, yeah, that's a private matter in our household. Yeah, we teach abstinence. We censor movies. We burn books. I keep my children safe from the outside world. And Marsha Gay Harden is like, look, I know it's, it's a struggle. It happens to me too. I mean, who knew my daughter? would be a victim of this as well and the mother is like yeah well i could never make a spectacle of my daughter's mistakes by talking about them in public the way you are so we're we're teaching our kids the abstinence and we're restricting rap music and movies so you can just fuck right off now so marcia gay harden is like oh you know curses foiled by uh religion strike one yeah this house is built of religion and won't blow down so marcia k harden goes to nick's mom Uh, the house made of denial yeah she's like listen nick's mom um i don't know if you know this but your son is awful and he is fucking everything and is transmitting a bunch of diseases and making every girl he comes into contact with feel like a worthless piece of shit yeah look i'm not worried about nick having sex so much all right he's an honor student he's an athlete he's cool as shit have you talked to nick have you met my nick he's the most popular boy ever all right i'd be concerned if he wasn't popular and wasn't fucking everybody all right what about those girls calling them sluts are calling for him those are inbound calls how about you you want to see my phone bill you want to see how many inbound calls nick gets people just throwing their young pussies at him right because i will show you those records right now you know maybe he did put his syphilitic dick in your daughter's mouth or her vagina i don't know i don't even know who your daughter is but girls are freaky dicky these days boys like that stuff all right have you heard about that one girl who did finger cuss with nick and brad he showed me a videotape they made it's amazing also some girl went down on him in our movie theater i don't even know who that slut was we have security cam footage of it you want to see it it's wild. She did not put up, put up much of a fight at all. No. He gave her a necklace that he boosted from my jewelry drawer, put it around her neck, and she just blew it. She kind of looks like you. Huh. Do you know her? I was trying to read lips, but hers were around a penis, so it was hard to tell what she was saying. But I can show you the video if you want to see it. Marsha Gay Harden is, you know, strike two. We cut over to Tommy, who is creepily taking more phone pictures of Hannah. And he's like, you know, I can, because of email, I can send these pictures to Tiger Beat or Teen Vogue or anything. And she's like, oh, Tommy, you're so silly. And then some cool kids walk by and are like, hey, Hannah, you want to be our syphilis support group? (laughs) It's to get it. 
You know what I'm saying? By the way, tell Marsha Gay Harden to stay the fuck out of our business. We don't need any information up to help parents to deal with the challenges of raising teens in today's society and the subsequent dangers of not only sexually transmitted diseases, but the root cause of absentee parenting that lead to all forms of reactive adolescent behaviors. And then yeah. here, Brad calls Tommy gay uh-huh. and he throws an empty soda can at him. At one point, Brad says, if your mother shows up on my porch, I'm going to wreck your world. That is an escalation of events. Yeah, Brad's a wild card. We cut to Marsha Gay Harden picking up Hannah at her cello lessons. And as they leave, Brad and his crew pull up in a pickup truck and they almost hit Marsha Gay Harden's yeah, car. Almost T-boner, yeah. Yeah, and they're screaming and yelling and Brad's honking the horn and it's total chaos. But in reality, it's really just two cars parked perpendicular to one another on a lightly trafficked side street. So it's played out to be like total chaos, but it's really just a mild altercation. Right, but she backs up and the, the kid's drive off and Marsha K. Harden looks at her daughter and is like give me the names of all all of those children I'm gonna call their parents and Hannah is just like oh for fuck's sake do you understand how terrible you are at this you are awful at being a mother right now it is again another one of those good scenes between these two characters although the dialogue is terrible the acting is quite good Uh, Hannah says you know if I lost my toe you would just be head of mothers against toeless teens or something and not worry about me you're airing all our dirty laundry and public mom you're not paying attention to me i've said nothing about your father's ice cream habits <laughs> and, and this is a direct quote from the movie all that should matter is that i'm going through it right now and it's like uh yeah that's a teenager this self-absorption jesus christ yeah but i think on the flip side of it the mom is working on putting together this pta information session and talking to other moms and sticking her nose into shit she's a teenage girl and her reputation is now that she sucked a dick and she's got syphilis and that her mother is an overbearing monster who who will confront them at any time. Right. So she's making things worse when she's trying to make things better. So I, right. I see both sides of it. We come to the PTA meeting and Lauren James is there and she shows the fruits of her investigative labor. And there is this progressive spider web of a PowerPoint that begins to connect all of these teenagers. And it shows that these kids have 5, 10, 20, and even 50 different sexual partners within this high school. And every parent's jaw is now resting under uncomfortably on the floor of this gymnasium not all of them there there's at least one who's like oh well jimmy (laughs) that's my boy (laughs) yeah but yeah lauren james says that there are 21 confirmed cases of syphilis but chad says there are 250 exposures like you said a bunch of the parents are shocked by this but not all uh and like we're we do some cutting back and forth in this scene where mm-hmm. we see a bunch of cool kids getting beer kegs of beer yeah and so we're cutting from the meeting to that and then back to the meeting where there's like a dad who's like well they should preach abstinence in these schools and somebody being like they teach abstinence you fucking dasshole it doesn't work another dad pops up later and he's like let them fuck whoever they want that's what got us into the fix in the first place ron shut up and sit down right they get in this big shout match like hannah's dad and this dude who's like hey my son is just doing what he wanted to what i would have done at his age you know what i'm saying they get in this shouting match and and marsha gay harden is just like enough like gives a big loud whistle and she's like look when our kids push us away that's when we need to be there most we should be there smothering them with love boo <laughs> right get her out of here who invited her she's hosting the meeting 
Oh, crap. In between all this, we see some kids sneaking into an adult movie store and swiping DVDs from the back. Yeah, well, it's not an adult movie store. It's like Canadian Blockbuster. It's like Flickbuster or something like that. Yeah, and, and like a kid shoves some dirty videos down his pants and gets He's going to love the internet when it shows up. Oh, no years. shit. Hannah is at home during all of these shenanigans uh-huh. on her chat program. Teen players? Yeah. I have an account called Young Guy 16. Anyway, so Hannah uh, is getting called a bitch. Mine is C. Hansen, 5 to 10. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure how to feel about that. One of my favorite messages to Hannah is just somebody telling her to tell your mom to step off like it's going to be a dance contest. They're calling her mom a bitch. For doing what? For helping parents understand how they can keep their kids from getting VD? Yes! <laughs> Shut up. So (laughs) Hannah, of course, is upset because everybody that she knows in the world is telling her that she and her mother are both horrible people. And so she rushes out of the house. Right. Meanwhile, Becca is bitching to her parents about the fact that they're sending her to a new Christian school. Well, that's understandable. Those are your values, not mine. I'm not going. I hate this house and I hate you. (laughs) I want to go out and fuck some guys. Yeah. Marsha Gay Harden and the dad arrive home from this PTA meeting dad immediately heads for the booze i assume ice cream flavored marcia k harden is calling becca's mom to say like hey is hannah there because we came home and she ain't here and so becca's mom is like of course she's home my daughter is a good clean christian girl knock 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 becca 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 and they finally open the door and realize that she's gone down the trellis as well and has snuck off as she does every night right and so Marsha K. Hart uh, is doing her best sleuthing to figure out what's going on with Hannah mm-hmm. and finds this chat window on Team Playa uh, that says you are a hoe and your M is a bitch my goodness such language I wonder who M is I assume they mean the Count of Monte Cristo But she types back, hello, fellow teens, where's the party at? This is certainly not Hannah's mother. That I can tell you, period. Hannah's M is a real B in apartment 23. Where is the party at, yo? And they're like, fuck you, we're not telling you where the party is. And then somebody lets it slip that it's over at Brad's house. Right, Brad's parents are away again, they say, and Uh so the party is on. We cut over to Don's mom, who is chatting with her would-be boyfriend on the phone, who's like... Yeah, no, I know, Roger. No, I'm grounded, too, because I grounded my daughter. I know being a parent totally sucks. Uh, Yes, yes, I would have an abortion if I could again. But that's not how it worked out. I made a different call, Roger. Yes, I would love to be out there fucking you right now, but I can't. And you can't be here fucking because it's a whole syphilis fucking thing. And I can't can't have you here right now. Yes, no, yes, both of them. I would have aborted both of them. But that's that's not on the table right now. No, their father's not going to take them. I've, yes, I've asked him. Yes, I told him how bad a mother I am. But he's a worse father, if you can believe that. And so, anyway, Becca shows up at, at Dawn's and is like, hey, you want to come out with me? Because, and I quote, us thoughts should stick together. And so Dawn is like, hey, creepy Simon sister, I'm going to go get laid. Don't tell mom. And so they sneak off together right? while Don's mom is still on the phone, just like, yes, Roger. Yes. Yes. No. Hold on a moment. They're not here now. Okay, come over. Yes, you can't come over. No, the, the it's just the young one. I don't even think she talks. 
Meanwhile, uh, Hannah has gone to Tommy's. <laughs> she is listening to him tell her all about his photography and how much he likes taking pictures of her, which, mm, <laughs> mm, him, uh, Hannah, I know you're young, honey, but mayday. <laughs> but they kiss. They She's like, oh, you're so charming. <laughs> and they kiss. And now he's got syphilis. Don't you think that he would be a little more cautious about that? Like, I can't envision that she had syphilis like a week ago and now she showed up and they're starting to kiss. I would be like he's completely right that they need to pump the brakes on any sort of physical activity whatsoever counter argument chad tommy has never felt the touch of a human woman before and at that age and given his clear obsession with her uh-huh she could be like tommy we're gonna kiss and then we're gonna have sex and then i'm gonna stab you in the heart as a sacrifice to my lord syphilis uh-huh. and he would be like i can accept those parameters of this exchange i think you're right he, he does have quite possibly an illegal number of candid photographs of her on his wall yeah and so after they kiss he's like i wanted to do that for so long oh my god you have no idea <laughs> She's like, I think I've got some idea because some of these pictures go back and that is really weird. We come back to the party and Marsha Gay Harden, she has shown up at Brad's house with her printed map quest directions in hand. Marsha Gay Harden may be the greatest mom in the history of movie moms for her role in this film. She storms into this party as generic rap music blares and Bo, she wanders through a sea of teenagers, smoking weed, drinking booze. The girls there are all dressed like the sluts that you see in the porno movies playing in the background on the TV. It's kind of like that scene where Christian Slater went to Gary Oldman in True Romance to buy back Alabama. Yeah, you ain't even looking at them titties. Is it white boy day? <laughs> Marcia K. Arden wanders around all of these teens saying, have you seen my daughter, Hannah? Have you seen Hannah? She's my daughter. And then oh, she stumbles into a room where teenagers are just lined up having group sex. The movie goes black and white. It tilts at an angle marcia gay harden is shocked to the point of immobility yeah a dude wanders by and is just like hey you want a beer you, i mean i think we've got some popcorn left too if you want some of that while you're watching you want some cocaine you want some heroin you look like you would love cocaine they're doing ayahuasca upstairs it's a, a knockoff ayahuasca called synchronic and uh, <laughs> makes you actually travel through time so hannah meanwhile is putting the moves on tommy uh-huh who is like whoa 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 hey some of us aren't sluts here <laughs> And she says, why? Is it because of the syphilis? Yes, yes, it is because of the syphilis, is what he should say. But instead, what he says is, no, it's just because we have all the time in the world. And, you know, we don't want to rush anything. I care about you. Mm. And Hannah's response is, you don't want to touch me because I'm a slut. And freaks out and runs out of the place. Uh-huh. And if Tommy weren't a psychopath on his own, that is the point where he would be like, boy, I dodged a bullet. That chick is yep. crazy. Becca and Dawn, and they're hanging out there, the peach because becca having a little coffee right and, at the generic coffee and shop. becca's telling her like oh yeah i'm about to get i'm, I'm about to get sent to this stupid christian school where they probably frown on sex if you're a girl having sex i heard if you're a guy it's awesome like the priest will do all kinds of stuff <laughs> and for you and on you girls they totally ignore them and dawn says i wish i could go somewhere new where i'm like not the town bike and people are always getting a ride <laughs> And she says, it'd be nice to be known for something besides going down on a guy. You know what? I think I'm going to become a born-again virgin. Is that a thing? 
All right. You say so. And then Becca sees some dudes in the parking lot and she's like, hey, Don, you want to go fuck those guys? <laughs> you know, one last rodeo before Bible school. Well, you're the only one that's going to religious school, so I think I'm going to take a hard pass on this. All right, shoot yourself. More dicks for me. And so she takes off, leaving Dawn in this, you know, shitty little knockoff diner. And meanwhile, Marsha Gay Harden is back on the road looking for Hannah, who is just straight up wandering the streets now. Well, it's at first, it's crazy that Marsha Gay Harden is just driving around town, like with the window down, like, Hannah! Hannah, like this is the stupidest thing ever. And then the next scene is Hannah just walking on the streets. And I'm like, well, she knows her daughter. She's either going to be at Tommy's at the party with all the orgies or roaming the streets. Those are the only three places she goes. Dawn arrives home where her her mother uh, and younger sister are just playing board games in imitation of a real family. Right. And her cell phone rings, and immediately Dawn's mom is like, oh, give me that phone, young lady. They have phones now? That's a weird thing, because they don't use cell phone technology at all in this movie, other than Tommy taking pictures with his. Right. No one calls each other's. They don't really text very much. It's very strange. And Dawn's mom says, no, I'm sorry, Hannah, Dawn. Dawn can't come to the phone. Also, you need to call your mother. She's very worried about you. And so Hannah is like, oh, fuck that. Let me try Becca. And so she calls Becca, but Becca's in the midst of a three-way in the back of a car, and she can't answer for obvious reasons. Because <laughs> the worst part of a three-way is when somebody's like, hang on a second, I got to get that call. It might be my, my boyfriend. He might want to come over and join in. I think it's my priest. There, It's poor orgy etiquette is, is answering a cell phone. At worst, you put it on vibrate, but really turn it off. Or stick it down the front of your pants. Well, that's a different thing. Hannah arrives at Brad's party, and Hannah immediately gets yelled at by some of the mean girls who say, your mommy was here. And Hannah's like, look, I'm just looking for Becca. I know it doesn't make sense as to why I'm looking for Becca, but that gave me a reason to come here. So Hannah just sort of wanders around the house looking for becca and she makes her way to the basement where we find nick who is having sex with some other girl on a random mattress his mother would be so proud right and is it brad that is taking her yep. to the basement mm-hmm, it's brad brad starts to put the moves on hannah aka just molest her on his way to raping her right and this is the point where tommy serendipitously shows up looking for hannah and at this point brad just slaps hannah across the face sending her down to a second random mattress in this basement. That's right. So he is about to climb atop her and do his filthy business. Nick, to the surprise of nobody, stands up shirtless and he says, Hey, you Brad, if you hit him, it makes sexual assault way more difficult. And Brad's like, shut up, Nick. I've got my way of doing this. And then that's where Tommy comes downstairs and he says, Hey, you get your damn hands off her. A hundred percent. And then Tommy starts taking pictures of Brad as he's on top of Hannah. Tommy's doing this with his flip phone and he says, get off of her or I'm going to send your pictures to 911 because that's not how things work. It, I mean, it is a hundred percent the the get your damn hands off of her. And so Brad backs off. Tommy tells Hannah like, hey, I can take you home. And she's like, I don't want to face my parents just yet. And he's like, all right, hey, more for Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Now let's get back to my place and let's really transmit some syphilis. That open busted lip's probably going to make it a lot more transmissible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now it's an open sore. So Becca, meanwhile, slips back into her bedroom and cries the tears of a whore, Chad. 
<laughs> like she is just shamed and and feels filthy. So then we cut from that to Dawn. In contrast, Dawn, her mom, and the the younger sister who did not have sex with two strangers in the back of a Ford Fiesta. They're all playing games and it's all good fun. But then, Chad, <laughs> the horror movie twist of this, as it's like good, wholesome fun is happening in the kitchen, the Simon younger sister strolls out of the room uh-huh. and goes into Dawn's room where she finds a sexy top uh-huh. and puts it against her as if to say, the cycle begins anew. Yeah, and she takes off her glasses. And kind of lets down her hair like, oh, yeah, this is how it's going to go. So this is where we get to kind of the the big resolution of the theme of the movie where Tommy has called Marsha Gay Harden and the father to come pick Hannah up and they show up. Right. And this is where they, they're like, you know what? We've made, we've all made some mistakes. <laughs> but the real lesson here is the syphilis we got along the way. And, <laughs> and this is where they all resolve to, quote, do better <laughs> and that's kind of the end of the and movie then, they all kind of make up with a lot of sniffs of regret there's a lot of <laughs> we were all terrible this whole movie well we'll be better in the next one i guess and we and then then the movie cuts back to the opening shot of the painting of the little girl on the beach in the one-piece bathing suit and then it fades out end of movie yeah that's it that is it. This may be my favorite movie of the whole season. I mean, <laughs> did you not see Petals on the Wind, Chad? I mean, we'll t- we'll get there next episode, but it's an embarrassment of riches. Both of these movies have been so delightfully trashy. Um, you know, there's less incest in this, so it's not as fun. Right, sure. But uh but no, this was an absolute delight. Like she's too young is it's one of those things that it's hard to recommend a movie like this to somebody. Because you look like a pervert. Of course. But also, if you know people that kind of enjoy, ironically enjoy a bad movie that is so over-earnest like this, like ourselves, it is the perfect movie. If you enjoyed Petals on the Wind, let me tell you about She's Too Young. Just based on the title alone. It's not a movie that any middle-aged man can recommend to anyone. Right, <laughs> yes. Like, without context. Right, yeah, She's Too Young, the Tracy Lord story. It is a nice, uh, like I said, kind of a double feature uh, with Petals on the Wind because it is... More teenagers having sex, a lot. It is that, but it's also the melodrama of it. It is the, hey guys, guess what? I've got syphilis. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Like, there are moments in this that are like, I don't know if they realized how funny this was, but this is really funny. <laughs> like the, the hello fellow teens in the chat room is one of my favorite things in the movie. I think it's also impressive to just see how Marsha Gay Harden as an Academy Award winning actress really pulls off a nice performance in an otherwise absolutely terrible movie and Bo speaking of Academy Award winning actresses there was one that I did not mention in the show open which was Miss Helen Hunt who took home her Oscar for As Good As It Gets and Bo wouldn't you know it Helen Hunt is the star of this season's finale Uh, that's right Chad Uh, we're not leaving the lifetime season without doing a ripped from the headline scandal story. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, of course, I'm talking about Murder in New Hampshire, the Pamela Smart story from uh, 1991. Nice. Uh, it stars uh, Helen Hunt, as, as you mentioned. Um, it, the Dark Bands and Dr. Giggles Larry Drake features uh, prominently. He's the defense attorney. That's right. Uh, Dr. Johnny Fever himself, Howard Hessman, will show up in this film uh, along yes. with uh, Ken Howard. And uh, it's it's a, a relative who's that of celebrities. And it, it's a, a good old-fashioned lifetime. Uh, we are going to muckrake a little bit and tell the uh, the salacious tale of uh, the murder of, that Pamela Smart stood accused of and I can't wait it's oh my goodness it is it, it hey more teen sex it involves uh, the seduction of a 15 year old so <laughs> we're keeping with a, a theme Bo any final thoughts on she's too young no uh, other other than she's too young I'm in love you can put that on a shirt. Yeah, please don't. All right. Well, as always, like, rate, review. You can send us an email. We'd love to hear back from you. We'd love to hear ideas for new seasons. We're plotting out the rest of this year. And uh, as we're making our way through 2021, so join us in two weeks when we return for this season's finale of Once in a Lifetime. And Bo, I wanted to let you know, um, during our recording, I received a text from Adam that says where am i and um i'm just going to delete that uh yeah that's probably for the best if you want to forward that over to me i'll, I'll screw with them a little bit i kind of enjoy that <laughs> that sounds like a good idea we will see everyone in two short weeks thanks for listening everybody <laughs>